Welcome to the Cinema Swamp. Okay. Let's party. In episode 62, we have one final Star Wars episode discussing some of the spin-off films, Rogue One, Solo, and the Star Wars Holiday Special. Join the crew as we discuss these films that are set in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Cinema Swamp episode 62. I think we've already lasted longer than most of Podcasts. Most podcasts. <laughs> That's a statistic I totally made up in my head right now. But I think we should promote that. Cinema Swamp has lasted longer than other podcasts. <laughs> 50% of all marriages. <laughs> Cinema Swamp has lasted longer than most podcasts. Also, we talk about yeah. movies. We, we, That's a, Cinema Swamp. It lasts longer than your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> every, every episode. Um, but we're finally finishing off our trek our Star Trek into the Star Wars. With that, let's dig into the spinoffs. Mm-hmm. When we say spinoffs, we mean uh, n- the new spinoffs. Oh. And Spaceballs. <laughs> we could do an episode on Spaceballs. We aren't going to be talking about the Clone Wars from 2008, so to anybody disappointed, I'm sorry. Uh, we just really didn't want to go watch it. <laughs> sorry you brought up the Hutt fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Did you see they released an image of baby Jabba the Hutt? Mm-hmm. And then someone commented... Someone the- was like, not my Rada. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, shared the even, like, crappier image from the Clone Wars movie. And they're like, excuse me, this has already been done. Yeah. <laughs> if he wanted his day, he already had a chance. Let's discuss the new spinoffs. The Disney spinoffs, as I guess they can be called. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with Rogue One. What do you guys think of Rogue One? They actually tied in a lot more prequel lore, I guess, into it than I thought they would. Because like I, I thought that I thought they were just after Force Awakens there wasn't a single prequel nod. I guess there was like that clone army nod in Excuse me, they talked about the clone. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. They pretty much ignored <clears throat> it. But I thought that after that after episode three they're just done. They're done even mentioning anything. So having the little bits of the planning during that time Right. Not totally ignoring it. Jimmy Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Smiths. It was nice that they tried to tie the two trilogies together mm-hmm. rather than completely ignore the other one, even though aesthetically it was totally prequel trilogy, or original trilogy anyway. Right. No, yeah, it, it still definitely <laughs> felt like the original trilogy, which was good. Mm-hmm. But they nodded it. Not to it nicely. I'm distracted by Hunter drinking cider out of a measuring cup right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. A kitchen measuring cup. Please don't break that. I just... I after, think it's be real hard to break. After three years of living alone, I finally have bought an actual measuring cup that's oh, not man. just from my a blender. And there's a measuring cup, like, in the blender. Mm-hmm. And I've oh, you've been using use, that? I've always used that. <laughs> nice. I was so cheap. And then finally, I was like, three bucks, I'll actually buy a real one. They actually dumped out Justin's grandma's ashes that were in that cup. <laughs> in a measuring cup, because he that was, was using them to cook. Measuring cup. <laughs> you sick freak. <laughs> we use an ounce of her ashes in every cake we bake. <laughs> Having a Is that cannibalism? <laughs> if they're if they're <laughs> ash, good old brewed cup of <laughs> Is it though? Is that cannibalism? Don't question my religion. Ash? Best part of because you're not like getting <laughs> real nutrients from it. Are ashes vegan? There can't be protein in there. <laughs> 
Human ashes, excuse me. Human ashes. So they tell us. It's a byproduct of a living organism. Hunter, what do you think of Rogue One? <laughs> I love Rogue One. Yeah, we it's, know. Oh, it's uh, for, like, up until my rewatching of the whole saga, it was my favorite behind the originals. And uh, it wasn't until watching them that I think Force Awakens just barely passed it. But really, it's, like, kind of on par with it. It comes down to, like, Force Awakens has more nostalgia feel. Um, but Rogue One is, I think, far more beautiful it's more of like a, a cinematic experience for me like i'm just like a solid movie to dive into i guess to me. i really like i like gareth edwards style and at least the only two movies i think he's done that i've seen is godzilla in this one um the one thing but, i can give this one is it feels really tangible like it feels really real. easy to follow or like no, it's just, legit just, like it would happen just like it it feels so practical like oh yeah 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 like, it just feels like you, you are there. Mm-hmm. You can touch everything. Nothing CG. Yeah. Even though it is. But. Yeah. It's very good effects. Mm-hmm. They've really gotten under game at this point. I can't think of a moment that really disappointed me. I guess I kind of get the complaints about Carrie Fisher, younger Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah. But <clears throat> she does, I never it never distracted me. me I either. guess it's just in comparison mm-hmm. to the other character that's brought mm-hmm. back to life, Governor Tarkin, yeah. who looks pretty fantastic yeah Carrie Fisher is a bit of a step down from it mm-hmm. and it's funny because they did her in Rise of Skywalker too and I don't know if it's just maybe they can't get it done correctly um they can't just nail her down and mm-hmm. who who have they nailed down really well Tarkin Luke re- looked really good in Rise of Skywalker and Tarkin I think looks really good you know I I maybe should look oh, this up the de well, not even de-aging, but just bringing back someone physical from a certain time. I mean, Tarkin's not technically de-aged. He's literally brought back to life. Like, that person, that actor doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. They had to find a look-alike. He's actual in. black magic to bring him back <laughs> for one movie. <laughs> I saw, when I saw that movie, I talked to... Austin was sitting next to me, and I was, like, shocked. And he was like, he was like that's the guy from A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And I said, that guy is dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, that actor's dead? I'm like, that actor's straight up been dead for like 20 years. I don't know dead. how they're bringing him back. Because right? uh, there was very few movies at that point that had done de-aging. It mm-hmm. seems like since then, it's been, there's been like the boom of doing de-aging <laughs> software. If you've, if you've seen Gemini Man, you <laughs> right. see how bad that looks. <laughs> I, I, I've, I feel like I see it in a lot of major blockbusters now. Tarkin was like the first case of where I actually saw it done to that degree, to that success. Mm -hmm. And even at home, it still looks very good. And I'm just, I'm shocked that it looks so Mm -hmm. good. I've heard people even complain about that, but I'm like, are you, are we seeing different things? I I knew about it going into it because of news and whatever, Mm -hmm. Twitter. And I was looking for it when I watched it and it didn't bother me at all. Even looking at it, like looking for it. Mm Mm-hmm. But after this movie, when it kind of became big to DH thing, people, it it almost feels abused. Like, before I was like, practical, okay, we need Tarkin. Or we need, yeah, Tarkin. And we need young Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, okay, let's let's make Will Smith young for some reason. Let's. It, did you watch the whole Black You didn't watch the whole Black Widow trailer. Mm-mm. Okay. 
I get what you mean, though. Like, I, I think, like, watching the Irishman this year and seeing what crazy lengths they went to to de-age without traditional motion capture, mm-hmm. you know? Like, using, like, just Robert De Niro and then having to, like, invent technology for it, like, blew me away. But Tarkin will always be my, like... It's like Planet of the Apes, having, like, photorealistic apes, mm-hmm. you know, that are completely mocap and digital yeah. but look incredible like Tarkin is like my Planet of the Apes like it's always my go to like it weirdly doesn't take me out of the movie the first time because I knew like that guy's dead but now since then I can totally watch it and just get in depth in his character rather than looking for the edges you know looking for like the man behind the curtain yeah you know now like prequels where it's straight up people walking around a Jedi temple floating and you see their shadows off center and stuff <laughs> this is like I can get into it because whoever's in the voice acting it matches well you know mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher's different it's like they didn't spend as much time and I can forgive it because it's like the last scene of the movie is like her you know and so it's not like she's plaguing the whole movie <laughs> you know mm-hmm. but you can tell with her it's kind of like the words don't really match up with the face for some reason to me. Mm-hmm. But Tarkin, they... Whatever they did, just it meets... Like, it's magical right. for me. So with this technology now, are we ever... Because before, we'd always have, like... If it's a flashback, it's a different actor altogether. Well, there's... I don't know, Justin, you might have to correct me, but there's a movie coming out that they're not even... James, James Dean... Dean. They're doing a movie, and they're completely yeah. computer-generating him as, like, the main character. Let me look this up real quick. Actually. And they're not having, like... Yeah, and that's... Like, just yeah, completely yeah, robbing... It's, it's totally abusing yeah. the technology. You're robbing some young okay. actor of so, being, you know, <clears throat> a so, cool movie. So, since they're using this so much, let's go back to, say, Looper. Would they, yeah. would they have deep-faked uh, Pierce Willis's face on the... Levitt's face? If they could? Well, they kind of already did. did. In a way, they well, did. Well, they did in subtle ways, but, like... Yeah. I just kind of wonder... they fully do it? No. Like, not even have Joseph Gordon-Levitt... Ryan Johnson like, wouldn't, because Ryan Johnson loves, like, But then like, the studio Joseph comes in and is like, hey, this technology's the biggest thing. Say, say this came out, like, yeah. three years before Looper came out. I think they would have maybe tried to do young Bruce Willis, but they wouldn't have cast someone big like Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt to basically not do was, anything. Yeah. Was Joseph Gordon-Levitt the hook, or was it mm-hmm. Bruce Willis that was the hook? It was kind of both of them. Yeah, because he, he did Brick right before Looper, mm-hmm. which was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's. And he was, he was becoming a big thing because he was just in Inception. He was in yeah. 500 Days of Summer, so he was just as big a hook as Bruce Willis. And I remember the big thing being talked about was the fact that he was playing younger Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm maybe lost the younger actor hook there because if you would have just had someone stand in and right. do what they did and with the, Gemini Man. And that's what I'm saying. Like the if if you're not having these actors play the younger versions, like you're not really giving these actors a chance that people just see, oh it's young so and so instead of just going it. I don't think they should do that with any actor really. I mean movies where they have younger people like Gemini Man. Mm-hmm. I mean that's fine, I think, but I like the route that they went with Looper better, just because you do see two performances still. I think that's more interesting. And 
I don't like them bringing back dead actors like James Dean. Yeah, it just feels wrong. But it, but it makes sense when you're bringing back a character, because my whole thing was, wow, with this technology, mm-hmm. in theory, you could now make a Dracula movie with both Christopher Lee and <laughs> Bela Lugosi, both mm-hmm. as Draculas. That mm-hmm. wouldn't, to me, be taking away actors' jobs. Like, no, anybody, they make a new Dracula movie every week. But TV show. You, <laughs> right, they have the TV show now, too. But... To me, you could take the two biggest Draculas of all time and have them team up or fight against or do any kind of movie, really. And as a fan, I would love that. I would so dig that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of fans would. Is Dracula a title? What do you mean? Like, uh, like if they team up, are, are they both the same person? Or is it a multi Dracula it would, it would Dracula? It would literally be just Gemini Man, but with Draculas. <laughs> Dracula and I? I think Dracula that's how v. They, Dracula. I think that's how they should do the Dark Dracula Universe. Like the cool token Dracula. We've talked about the Dark Universe before. He drives a car. But I said they should do them in black and white. They should have you know the original monsters with the original effects, but... Realistically, maybe they should do it like MCU, but then bring back the original characters and have like a whole like time warp thing where they come back and you have mm-hmm. all these different Draculas throughout the times and like a Spider Verse type of thing. Yeah. See, I Universal needs to call me because I have all these great ideas and they mm-hmm. won't. <laughs> I, I just I just don't want them everyone to go crazy with this technology and just wipe out all this opportunity for these young actors. Oh, it just depends because uh, we'll see. I mean. All I'll say is right now, actors are definitely uh, protecting their rights to their uh, likeness. likeness. Very, in like Deep big, big highly, like expensive, to make sure that studios don't just buy their face after mm-hmm. they die. Because if that's a cheaper option for studios, they will definitely mm-hmm. do it. If the option is not cheap, then they're not going to do it. It's all about whatever's cheapest. New actors will will always be cheapest. As to why the dog movie wants to cast James Dean in mm-hmm. a non yeah, it's a stupid dog yeah, movie. and it's not a James Dean role. It's not like he's coming back playing the same character from another movie. <laughs> no, it's a I new hope, character. I hope it's like a really like the voice doesn't match the face at all. <laughs> it's I feel like it's gonna suck. But we can get back into Rogue One now. <laughs> they brought back Dead Adam Sandler to play Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> what are we coming to as a nation, as a as a movie culture? Um, Rogue One. I didn't realize when seeing it that it was going to be so closely connected and so recent to the events of A New Hope. I knew it was a prequel, but I had no idea that it was going to be. Like, I didn't know the ending of the movie was going to be the beginning of A New Hope. Which is so cool. It was. That part of it was really cool. Uh, Battles on Scarif were really cool. I really did like um, the two main characters, Cassian and Jin or so. Uh, I thought Cassian's character was really cool, because he was a separatist before. His, His system was a separatist system. So he was, like, part really? of the battle droid side of the war. Was that discussed in the movie? It was me- It was briefly mentioned. Because oh. <clears throat> I was going to say, if I need to read a book, no. don't talk to me. No, it, <laughs> it was, like, a passing line in the movie. They did the very simple idea of just having a character who is part of the Rebellion kind of discuss the darker things he has done for the Rebellion. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're heroes, but we haven't done everything that's probably... You know, ethically correct, or at least that character didn't. Mm-hmm. And 
I was like, you know, not that they touched upon it too much, but it was enough where I was satisfied to get something a little different from what we normally get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alan Tudyk as that yeah. robot. He mm-hmm. he probably was the uh, my favorite part of the movie, mm-hmm. just because I do... Alan Tudyk is a really yeah. good voice actor and good at those kind of... Mm-hmm. He's very memorable in every movie he's in. Yeah. Ever since Dodgeball, like, <laughs> he, is that his first movie? I, probably not, no, but I mean, he was in the Firefly movie. Well, he was in Firefly the show, but oh, like, yeah. the pilot was a movie. Well, you know. I remember him first from Transformers Three. <laughs> That's like the first movie I, I'm I remember. At, I stopped after two, so I don't know. it's not bad. The it's third bad one? one, yeah, I kind of like Dark of the Moon. We'll have to talk about those someday. <laughs> it's not Megan Fox. It's not for me, baby. I need Megan Fox mm. leaning against a car. We need that for Star Wars too. Megan Fox leaning against the next wing. More of that, please. Yeah. Space buns. <laughs> um, all space buns all day. <laughs> leaning against one of those like, I don't know, like standard droid things that they have on Naboo, where it's like they're racing through the woods. Oh, like speeder. Yeah, but it's like on the up. It's like a upwards standing looking one. Mm. Oh, like the, like the droids have. Yeah, okay. <laughs> with her leaning against one of those. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the most lame speeder I remember from Star Wars. Her sitting on a conch droid. It's basically a moped. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a segue. <laughs> yeah, I'm a moped Space segue. segue. Um, this movie had one of the best space battles I've I've seen in the Star Wars movie, I think. Mm. This was starting to deliver on uh, having computer graphics in a Star Wars movie with the original trilogy aesthetics, mixing mm-hmm. it all together. And, and they put actual original trilogy footage into this movie. In the space scene. Did they? The Gold Squadron? That was... It was either gold or blue squadron. Blue was, was the one that, like, they all died during this assault. That's why, like, there's right, no blue and they, squadron anymore. And they were... It was original footage from A New Hope, and they cut it into this movie. Really? Look it up. Well, I mean, I'm not going to look it up. I'll believe you, but that seems very um, tedious and almost kind of, like... Unnecessary? Uh, well, in, in a way, I mean, because I, I'm guessing that'd be very difficult to turn mm-hmm. footage from 1977. Well, it's just... It's, it's, literally just people talking in a cockpit to each other. Like, oh, no, like, now I know what you're talking yeah, about. Oh, yeah, like, no. I, <laughs> no, it's not like, like a full scene. Of no, you're talking, about yeah. the, you're talking about the people in the... I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. I, I did recognize that, because yeah. it looked... It was kind of... Uh, you could easily tell that it was mm-hmm. different footage. Yeah, but it still fit. It was so cool, though, that they did it. Never mind. That wasn't tedious. That was not hard at all. <laughs> <That's> not <bad. laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, I, well, I'll, I'll start this conversation. I don't like Rogue One. Yeah, I know. I, I want to know why. It's my really least. Do. It's my I'm least favorite Star Wars this. movie. Really? It's to oh, me yeah. the. It's a. It's a. Th- I'm sure, it's like one of the middle movies. It's it's a straight up, um, half rated movie to me. It's two and a half out of five stars to me, mm-hmm. because that's how I feel about the whole movie. Like, as far as if we're talking about the story of it, mm-hmm. I'm so bored. Almost really? the entire runtime until mm-hmm. we get to the final battle, and that's when the movie really picks up. Mm-hmm. That is what saves it from being completely unmemorable. But mm-hmm. almost everything else about it, I don't really get into. I can't get into the characters. I don't think they're that interesting beyond mm-hmm. the two main leads and the robot. I think they're. I think they could be interesting, and I think they have a lot of potential, but 
we don't get enough time with them, I don't feel. There's many of them, so it's kind of hard to even really get to know any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the characters who I'd expect to have a big impact don't. I Force Whitaker, specifically. <laughs> yeah. Um, and take him out of the movie, I'd be okay. And my other big issue is that even if I'm trying very hard to get into these characters and I want to learn more about them, they all die in the end. And then there's like, you you get to the end and you're like, yeah, that I like that aspect only because there's never been a blockbuster movie that's part of a larger series mm-hmm. where the movie introduces characters and then kills them all off at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. There's like no other blockbuster franchise movie that has done that. So that's the one thing that Rogue One can, you know, hold high is that mm-hmm. they did that. They had... I think it was actually kind of ballsy to do that. Hmm. But you kind of had to because those characters are not in the original trilogy. You couldn't just suddenly, you know, I, I, I bet they could have them show up again, but it wouldn't make sense that Jin and Cassian didn't go to Return of the Jedi or anything. They are doing uh, Cassian. I heard about that. Series. But they, Live it, action? I'm assuming it's going to be a prequel to no, this no. movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be him hiding it's, from the rebellion to not fight. He lives. <laughs> He's just like a little scuffed up. Like, he has he one one scar off. over his eye. And that's like we're supposed to think that he like, blew up. Because that's, that's, Marvel did that kind of before. Like, he, just, he just, like, gets he, up, dusts himself off. No way, this guy. Off. How about better yet? He's Death in a Star, coma. He got shit. He's in a coma until after the events of Return of the Jedi. Then he wakes up. And then he's, like, on the run again. Yeah. No, I just. The blast just threw him off the planet. <laughs> he just. He's like, it's a windshield of another. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I. I feel like after watching The Mandalorian, I felt like Rogue One probably could have been a TV show. A limited series. You know, give it ten episodes, let us actually get to know the characters, have more time to delve into them, and then have the finale kill them all off. Yeah, but see, that's my exact argument for The Mandalorian, but reversed. Like, where I think The Mandalorian could have been shortened into a movie. Well, I agree, because actually, I I agree. I I think Rogue One, if you would have stretched it out and given even every character mm-hmm. their own episode to delve into them a little more. I think it could have made it a little more interesting because we got that we got the guy played by uh, IP Man and we have the mm-hmm. guy who's the gunner that's joining him. Mm-hmm. We have uh, I don't I don't know any other names. I feel bad. Which way? Mandalorian? No, I'm talking about we're talking about Rogue One. This okay. is not the Mandalorian mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> I'm you sorry. got K2SO. Yeah, and I I like those yeah. nights. And then I guess the we get pilot the most out of Jin. For sure. Yeah, the Scared Pilot Man, too. Like I said, it's mm-hmm. it's all these characters that... They have the characterization there. They have interesting ideas. You know, mm-hmm. you, got, you know the guy who's blind, but he also knows the Force, but he's not necessarily a Jedi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's very interesting, but once again, we don't get to know him well enough, mm-hmm. and then he's just dead. Yeah. And that just ticks me off. And I, know, I, I don't know if I need to argue why I think this is worse than the prequels, but to me, it's just not a well-rounded enough story and it doesn't mm-hmm. have the characterization that I want hmm. that the prequels regardless of the writing and the bad dialogue at least there's like characters I like and yeah. they, you know they do follow an arc throughout all those movies where this one being alone is kind of at a disadvantage yeah so I I <clears throat> I can see some of your so what about Krennic do you like Krennic 
Well, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we could talk about yeah, him I separately. Love- he is the best part of this movie. I am Ben Mendelsohn. Mm-hmm. I am big fan. <laughs> Every yeah, he wasn't movie. even on my ra- radar until this movie, and uh, then you just mm-hmm. like, I'll watch anything he's in after. Ready Player One, Captain Marvel. He has been the shining star of every movie he's in. Yeah, he is underrated talent. At, yeah. at to me, just because he doesn't seem to be going beyond uh, being a villain or, I mm-hmm. guess, surprise twist. He's a hero. But mm-hmm. who played Galen or so? Uh, that was Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Yep, he was good too. And I liked him. I liked uh, the one scene in the movie I really, really like is when that whole. Uh, Forest Whitaker compound is like falling apart, and cool, yeah. she has to watch that video of her father explaining the Death Star and yeah. how he was the one who built the the hole, the hole in the Death Star. <laughs> and I thought that was so cool because that moment is really intense, but it also to me that was a moment where the emotion to me really really worked. Yeah, but also I was glad that they finally wrote. Uh, I guess it's not really a plot hole to me, but. The idea that the Death Star had a small hole on it that people could blow up. Yeah. It, it seemed a little I, odd. It, yeah. It, seemed, it almost seems like a cop-out, though. Like, I, the chances that they'll figure this out and have someone who has the skill to do this when no one... Well, I guess because he was the designer. I mean, he yeah, he kind of counted on his daughter almost. Like, he was, like, waiting for his daughter to, like, find it, if any. Like, Hail Mary, you know? Sure. But it is funny that he didn't have like a because he maybe I'm misremembering, but he didn't make like a copy, a separate copy of the plan, right? They he was counting on people to break in there to steal the plans yeah. to have the pathway to destroy the Death Star, correct? Yeah, he he um I don't know what the word it is I'm looking for. He contracted or con con something the pilot. He was the one that got the pilot to defect. Mm-hmm. Conscript. Conscripted the pilot? I think you had it right. Defect. I think. Well, the pilot defected, but if you were the one, I think you conscript. If you're conscripted into an army, I don't know. Anyway, he's the one who got the pilot to defect with the, not the plans, but with the the message to the rebels to say, oh, okay. hey, this is like the pilot said. This is how you find the plans. You know. Mm-hmm. Congregate. It was conscript. Conscript nailed it. First try. <laughs> Good job. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like said a hail mary, and he just had to find the one. But even this was like, well, I suppose it was after Force Awakens, so you had the look into like the Empire and how like not every cl- stormtrooper is like a clone in like following orders. Like there are people who defect, you right. know. That was like kind of a cool. And I loved how like for me, I love the rebellion in this movie. I, I like this version of the rebellion more than any other. Yeah, it shows them, like, having a reason to fight. Like, because in, in A New Hope, like, there's talk of it, and then all of a sudden everyone's gearing up to get into into X-Wings, you mm-hmm. know, to go blow up the Death Star. And Empire, you see them escaping, and then Return of the Jedi, they're gearing up again to go fight the Death Star. You know, like, this is, like, the first time you are, like, at ground level with them. You see them, it's, like, right before the Rebellion is in full swing, but... They're still, like, they're almost beaten before they can start, you know? And it kind of, like, they feel hopeless, you know? And the, and the whole movie is riding on this idea of a new hope that, like, they need something to spark it. But they're, like, kind of on the brink of, like, 
being bad you know you see the generals who are like not all of them are like solid people there's some kind of like douchey ones and this is like the one that actually inspires hope I love that whole premise you know what's the redhead chick the The skinny like like, toga lady (laughs) Ma Mafa Ma Ma Mothma right Mm. Mothra Mothra. <laughs> the only woman in Star Wars, <laughs> the original trilogy, besides Princess Leia. That's, that's true. <laughs> Woof. It's like Billy D. Williams is the only black guy. Uh, well, wasn't she... She was also a senator in the prequels. That's what I thought, because... I think her parts were cut out. Yeah, but she was actually she was cast previously, mm-hmm. and then they brought her back for this movie. I believe she was supposed to be in Attack of the Clones. But it's not the same actress from the other movie. It's the, it's the same actress that they had for the prequels that they cut out. But then it's just someone who kind of looks like the one from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, so they they cast her for the prequels, and they cut all of her parts out, but they used her in this movie. I'm just waiting for them to bring back Rose Byrne. Give Rose Byrne her own movie. Rose Byrne? Rose Byrne, who has starred in a couple comedies since then. She's kind of have a bigger career, but she's in Attack of the Clones as like cool. Padme's like assistant or... Um, friend or something. She has a very small role, but that was before Kira she... Knightley. Yeah, Kira Knightley. No, 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 no. no I know what you're talking about. I, I know what you're thinking, and it's Kira Knightley. <laughs> Stop right there. No, it's Rose, Rose Burns in it, no, too. No, no, um, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure it's Kira Knightley. I'm just thinking they, up, should, they should bring back all these... Uh, Seymour. Mm-hmm. All these actors and actresses are more famous now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's one of those movies that the first night I saw, it was very exciting. And where it all built up to was very mm-hmm. exciting. It has a very good look. It has Gareth Edwards mm-hmm. can shoot a movie. Do you like it cinematically? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's moments in the movie where I wish I could watch one of those like 10-minute YouTube cuts of just the best shots of the movie mm-hmm. because there are really good shots. Like someone obviously storyboarded this movie mm-hmm. and was able to recreate these moments almost down to every idea that was visualized. Mm-hmm. But to me, it still doesn't really add up to anything more than, well, it's a beautiful movie, but I just can't get into it. But I get why everyone really likes it, because Mm -hmm. they do like the nitty, grittier, uh, the grittiness of it. They like that it feels more like a war movie, Mm -hmm. other than the other Star Wars movies, which took influence from everything. This Mm -hmm. is very much a war movie. Mm -hmm. But it just, it never hits me emotionally. Mm -hmm. And for Star Wars... I feel like they all get me on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. Even the prequels at times do. Mm-hmm. This one just... I feel nothing. This is the only Star Wars movie where I literally just kind of don't feel anything. Really? Huh. But, I mean, <laughs> there's a couple moments. Like I said, the scene where she's watching the video of her father works very well for me. Darth Vader works very, very well for me. That is a terrifying scene. Oh, yeah. It stirs up all kinds of emotions. That's the best scene <laughs> I've for years every time someone would bring up Darth Vader as one of the most iconic villains. I'm like, he's iconic, but is he really one of the like scariest villains? Menacing? He is menacing at times in Empire, sure, but besides that, I mean yeah, the beginning not, moments of a scary, new hope. Though. You know what's funny is he he was at his scariest besides when he was pissed off in Empire, he was at his scariest at the very beginning of a new hope. But he's even at his scariest at the end of, end of the Sith. Well, what, well yeah, <laughs> sure. But what I'm saying is it's kind of funny that it's. I realized after watching Rogue One, I'm like, he's at his most pissed off at the beginning of A New Hope in the entire trilogy. And now there's even more context to that because you're like, oh, he's really mad. Because like, something not only just happened, but it happened only like a couple of minutes ago. And you've never seen him move like that in that suit before. Oh, right. 
<laughs> I was glad that, you know... Because, yeah, you want to do things practically. You want to still use strings. You want to throw people around. But someone was finally like, hey, we have modern effects. Now we can go, like, crazy. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that they finally realized, hey... Yeah, we want to do practical effects, but we also have a computer that we can literally do anything mm-hmm. <laughs> and make it, like, scary. Well, even, like, the pacing of, like, how it comes in at the end, like, I love... Because Gareth Edwards, that's his thing. Like, with Godzilla, like, you don't see Godzilla till the end of the movie. Like, you'll see an ankle here or, like, him, like, getting into the, you know, his spine here. Treatment. And, like, yeah, like, like, it builds this anticipation where you don't know the monster yet. And this is kind of, like... You see him taking a bath, I guess, at one point, and then you see him, like, oh. get up in Krennic's face, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's just, like, black, and then you see his red lightsaber, and you're like, holy... Right. And, then, and then you think, like, oh, it'll cut to another scene, and then he just, like, opens a can of the greatest Star Wars whoop ass I've ever seen. Side note, uh, you know, his his castle's on Mustafar? Mm-hmm. You know the beginning of Rise of Skywalker is on Mustafar. That planet is Mustafar. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I knew that. But given, if you think about it, every time we've seen Mustafar in in cinemas now, it's always looked different. The first movie was all lava. Revenge of the Sith was Rogue One. They were kind of on a more rocky terrain there with some lava. Rocky terrain in the. And then in Rise of Skywalker. if you yeah, and Rise of Skywalker, it's like dried out in like a tree. I'm just imagining Mustafar is a lava planet, but I'm guessing there's it's like continents. It's not well, just all lava ocean. lakes, basically. Well, you can see like in in Revenge of the Sith, like there's a lot of like like it's flowing lava. Like you see outside of the rivers, I guess it's like rocky esque. Yeah. But then when I don't know what year it was, when that that first Battlefront remake came out. That had a Mustafar level in it, and it was like daytime. It wasn't night, and but it was like streams of lava, and then just this giant rocky. It's like it looked almost more like like a World War One looking, but like more rocky. And then there was like a bunch of bunkers everywhere, and obviously it's a map made for a video game, but a lot of that stuff still tries to play in canon, and so you got to see what the rest of the not the rest of the planet, but that's a lot of things we we kind of forget that like. A lot of these plants aren't like just this one. Yeah, like Earth has every terrain. Where right, like yeah. you go to Hoth and it's all tundra. <laughs> you know, like what, the there's no if, equator what, here. Okay, so what if every every planet in Star Wars has like all these all the like different terrains, mm-hmm. just like our our planet, but they keep going to the desert. <laughs> just because there's like a nice oasis on the other side, but they yeah. just yeah. keep tattooing the other side of tattooing that we never see is just ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the music of that scene too. Oh, yeah. And I really yeah, I like the music throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. It is like Star Wars but it also does its own thing. Mm-hmm. Pays tribute but also is something new. And even the opening of the movie how it dodges like the it doesn't do the crawl, you right. know? And that's the first time you realize, oh, like these Star Wars stories like literally aren't the same thing as yeah, our Skywalker lot. stuff. There's like a lot of I don't want to say controversy, mm-hmm. controversy, but like everyone was wondering if there was going to be a crawl or not. That was like a big thing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they didn't, just so they could differentiate it from the other Skywalker saga, as it's now called, movies. Mm-hmm. And I like they still kept a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, so it still works. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I guess it's better than Solo, where they still kind of had a crawl. 
but it was the blue words that they used for a long time ago mm-hmm. in a galaxy far, far away. To me, that was like, well, why didn't you just do the crawl? I mean, now I'm kind of weird. Like, I'm like, well, you can't mm-hmm. do a crawl but not do a crawl. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's I don't know. That's such a weird nitpick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't want it to seem like I absolutely hate the movie. I will mm-hmm. watch it, but it just comes down to the emotional level of it. Mm-hmm. But there's moments in it that really, really work. And there's some where I feel very, like, cringy about it. Mm -hmm. This movie was famous for its reshoots and how Gareth Edwards was, in a way, pushed out of the production late in the game, which, Mm -hmm. that's still up... Like, nobody really knows what happened. They'll never announce it. There's too many NDAs out there that they'll Mm -hmm. never say, but it's obvious that he was kind of cut out of the post-production of this movie. Mm -hmm. You can kind of tell sometimes when there's a new scene in the movie added. Like, yeah. C-3PO and R2-D2 just being there suddenly. It's like, okay, that's a that's a that's that was a reshoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene where they have the guys from the most Isley Cantina, which to me was the cringiest part of the movie. Because I was like, this is such a random cameo, and it makes almost no sense. Why are they Why are here? They Why are they here? And then they're going... Like, we didn't need that. That is so stupid. And that's to only point out to the very small fan base out there who would remember those characters. And the ending scene feels like a reshoot, but it's done well. Well, the whole... it is, because even in the trailer there was parts that weren't in the movie that were in the trailer. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I forgot. There's a couple shots in the mm-hmm. trailer that are not in the movie. Her, cool going, up a, her going up against a TIE fighter. Yeah, yeah that which... was would have been the coolest scene of the movie. In the that movie. was like the big like thing they had at the end of the trailer that everybody talked mm-hmm. about. It's not in the movie. It would be too hard for them to have it and then just like it gets blown up by a, you know, X-Wing flying by, you know, like it's just but they maybe I not get, small at it, but Sir, like, you made it! <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I Oh god, they should do Babu Frick a Star Wars story. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's it just I can tell at times when they're doing a reshoot and when they're intentionally cutting out life. scenes and but it's not all done bad. Like a couple of them are cringy, but other ones it works really seamlessly. And to me this is the best part of the entire movie. I mean besides Darth Vader, of course. Don't don't count me wrong. I think that's amazing. I love the part where Krennic is on the top of that tower and he's looking at his own creation pointed right at him and it's about to like cuz they're going to test it on that planet, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have full capabilities yet. It can only destroy that giant section of the planet, but it can't destroy it entirely. But Is that why? Yeah, because it's not at okay. full. It's not at full capacity yet. Okay, yeah. Which is still in tone with the continuity because yep. they mentioned I always it. wondered that why like it's a slow explosion instead of the giant like space ring or whatever you know. I mean, they mentioned it like thirty times in the New Hope that they're testing it for the first time, so they yeah. they can't really they can't really just suddenly have it destroy other planets. Yeah. But, um, I love that scene where Krennic is looking at his own creation and that's about to kill him. And I'm like, that is such mm-hmm. a... That feels poignant to me. Mm-hmm. That is a moment where I'm like, they're saying something here. And I like that. Yeah. Well, it's a, well then it does, too. Like, you see the blast come and it goes... The Death Star beam, like, goes through the top of the tower where Krennic is first. Because, like, I, I listened to a podcast where they were ripping on it, like, I loved Krennic, but I hated how he died. How it was like... He just did that whole, like, gunshot. Oh, who shot? Oh, it was Cassian. You know, like, 
you know and then he falls over and and they're like yeah it just seemed like a lame death i'm like screaming in my car listening to the podcast I'm like no that's not how he dies he dies super cool like <laughs> like one of the coolest deaths ever because he gets blasted straight up with the death star ray like it like that's i don't know so cool but yeah yeah i to me it's it's though i've already said you know two and a half out of five which isn't a bad rating i don't think mm-hmm. i mean it's still a 50 50 50 percent movie just to me, the least of the Star Wars movies. And that, uh, Force Whitaker didn't do it for you. <laughs> Force Whitaker was lame. <laughs> he was lame. He was to he me. Was, he was he, the lamest part. It should have worked. And maybe if I've seen, if I go watch Rebels and I enjoy that character there, I understand what his character like if he even watched the Clone Wars <laughs> or Rebels episodes because he's nothing like did you even watch Rebels what's wrong with you Force Whitaker he's, he's, more a, like, he's more like in, in Rebels because they they made those episodes after this movie but in Clone Wars it's, he's totally different I he thought, doesn't talk like that he doesn't act like but that. he's like super old in this and like I think yeah, he's supposed to be playing like a like, like a Caesar type or like, like he's for. he's been the hero long to see himself become the villain type you know where he's like He's been a like a rebel so long that he's become more and more extreme and shot up. So now he's like barely a, a man anymore, you know. But he doesn't have like a real redemption story. He barely lets everyone go. But I think the thing that falls flat over everything in this movie is the 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 boogaloo or whatever the the squid mm-hmm. mind the eater or whatever it is. That's the most pointless part because it doesn't do a thing. The well, pilot a, briefly gets confused and then is totally fine well, the rest the of the thing, movie. That, that thing gets tied in with all of Forrest Whitaker's part in the movie, pretty much. Yeah. So, like, if you think of Forrest Whitaker and his scenes, that's, like, the main mm-hmm. part of it, so... Yeah. I liked him better in Black Panther. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he's in, the, in, he's in the, the, the Fallen Order video game. Like, he's in a significant part of it. The young Forrest Whitaker as mm-hmm. that guy. No, Rogue One just kind of feels like a service to everybody who really liked Battlefront and the video games. And that's not mm-hmm. bad. I'm not saying it's like a video game, mm-hmm. but it does. It was a big service to everything that wasn't the movies, pretty much. Because there's a yeah. lot of Easter eggs to, like, Rebels. There was the R2 unit that was he, he rode by in the Rebel base. There was the ship that's from Rebels. There was, like, a bunch of things. I'd have to imagine it'd be pretty tough to make a Star Wars movie like that. Because you do need to connect it to things that have come previously and things that it's leading into. Mm-hmm. It's not probably as easy as doing a Marvel movie. Because with Marvel, I feel like they have so many movies and so many different universes and mm-hmm. characters that they can add a couple connections to the overarc of the story. But for the most part, they can do its own thing. Rogue One, I, I feel like there is a very obvious where it's going to begin and where mm-hmm. it's going to end. Yeah, well, well, that's why, like, I like that to tragedy. Like, they're tragic characters, you know? You get comedy with K2SO, but otherwise it's, like, real dark characters. Like, you have, like, this completely nihilistic... Two nihilistic heroes. One's fighting for a cause he isn't... Know, he doesn't know why. The other doesn't want to fight for any cause, but gets roped in anyway. But, like, the whole... I, I love... I really like the whole Jedi, like, sequence... I wish we got more Jedi like lore in there about that being like you know the kyber crystals and stuff. Yeah, like even that's a map on the Battlefront. It's like after the movie they scrapped the whole Jedi thing. Yeah, but and that was like one of the coolest parts. But like I like how they're 
kind of making a statement about current like politics with it like you have an empire invading and robbing this civilization of like their only means of like you know uh capitalism you know Mm -hmm. and you have like the small insurgent group trying to fight back and then they just completely demolish the whole city killing all these villains like I thought it was kind of like a little nod to like I don't know American stuff over in the Middle East Um, what? what was that? (laughs) (laughs) um, and I don't know I just thought it was like even that part like was a little bit emotional for me because like you have these nihilistic characters that are seeing firsthand how horrible like they survive a Death Star attack essentially you know and they're like the only ones who are like genuinely terrified of this weapon and they're like we have to find something we have to get these plans like the rest of the rebels don't understand like that there's a planet killer out there you know but yeah and I'm glad that they didn't feel the need to stay within the genre of the original films because you know if you go from this movie to A New Hope completely Completely tonal difference mm-hmm. to the point where it kind of makes you question some things mm-hmm. if you're really going to get oh, if you're really going to get nitpicky about things mm-hmm. because we go from a movie where we got a small band of heroes that are constantly getting thwarted in their plans constantly yeah. getting chased like they feel like they're constantly put into a corner that mm-hmm. they're always on the brink of dying and yeah. then you get to a new hope where they can literally run around the yeah, death star han solo's <laughs> just running towards a billion stormtroopers yeah, yeah. and it's fine and it's like but they're different genres yeah and i'm glad that rogue one finally proved that hey you don't need to do every yeah. star wars movie the same but i think it also like we're not but it, it does i think give like a heaviness to a new hope like it adds another layer like i like the fact that there are like x-wings that are like rogue two and rogue three like they're leftovers people who did survive that battle or like i like how there was a whole blue squadron that got wiped out to do this and i was only red and gold left over you know mm-hmm. i like that there's like a heaviness to those references you know you start to feel the size of the rebellion yeah which we visually understood mm-hmm. in a new hope but you know this movie you know emotionally mm-hmm. you felt it more yeah well and, and yeah now you know like how much, like, what it actually cost for them to to make, you know, the Death Star battle happen, like, in terms of, like, manpower and, like, loyalty and remembering, like, literally, like, a week ago, <laughs> our whole <laughs> third of our fleet was wiped out, you know. Hey, hey, blonde boy, Luke, why are you so happy around here, huh? We just got killed over mm-hmm. on Scarif. He's like, hey, man, I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. it's just I, I shot some womp rats. I some <laughs> I shot yeah. some womp rats. You know, they weren't any bigger than a couple meters wide. <laughs> couple meters. Many Bothans have died. <laughs> they should do the Bothans one, though. Um, Luke was like one of those, like, serial killers as a kid killing animals and stuff. <laughs> Poor desert-dwelling critters. I could blow up this one. Just shooting him with his, like, speeder. What's your call sign? Uh, uh, ro- Rogue One. It's like, <laughs> hmm, what's your name, Han? Huh. What's your last name? I don't have one. Hmm. You're here solo. Hmm. Solo. <laughs> Good segue. I I liked the Rogue One shtick more than the Rogue solo One one. That actually okay. makes more let's, sense. Let's, I liked it more. We'll, than the we'll solo get to one. it. Let's move on. Though. No, but where do you place Rogue One among your uh, list of about? I, it's about eleven or twelve movies, S- depending. Since our last meeting. <laughs> 
Rise of Skywalker is good now. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. After a rewatch, or just in in general, you just felt different. Of the, the talk, it, it, all the plot <laughs> holes. For real, though. It, it, you know what's funny? I, I I thought of the plot holes, but it didn't it didn't make me hate the movie more because I already understood. I don't hate the movie more. Just it feels less feels lesser. Yeah. I will say I saw the movie again after we did the podcast and mm-hmm. I loved it just as much I, like, I, I have a great time I didn't go down much I went down a movie oh I mean so yeah. Rogue One is right above it now oh, okay um, so Rogue One is number seven Chloe um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what do you think of it I liked it anything to say um, I liked it <laughs> nice I liked Tweet it length. but it's also number ten on my list is that the, so like, you bottom? didn't like it? <laughs> Is there one movie below it? Technically, okay. Two. Well, 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 well yeah. What's the other one? Solo and. Uh, oh really? You have yeah. a prequel okay. above Rogue One. Yeah. That's not Revenge of the Sith. You have another prequel oh, above okay. Rogue I was One. Say, Revenge of the Sith is my number five. I could see that one. Solo oh, and the holidays. I have all the prequels above it. Yeah. Even Attack of the Clones. I'm sorry. Uh, but I give, I give, I give it four stars. Three. Four stars, it's number five on my list. Well, there you go. It's right below Force Awakens and right above uh, Last Jedi. You know, the best thing Rogue One gave us was that the fact that children of the galaxy play with little dolls of stormtroopers, which, you know, that's... Because, I mean... Right, I mean, Luke had a friggin', like, emperor ship in A New Hope, so there you go. They always have to... You know what? There's also a whole holiday called Empire Day. Those guys, at Emperor Day, Empire Day, Empire. It's oh. the day that it's Order sixty six day. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's, it's in an is it like, Rebels. Is it like kind of like a Mardi Gras celebration it's, where yeah, everything's like, like really joyous? Oh, yuck! All yeah, the stormtroopers uh, strip off their armor and <laughs> get kinky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, you know, it's like I would rather see that stuff in the movie. To be honest, like more stuff like that. Well, so the episode of Rebels, it's like uh, it's one of the. Rebels' birthday, like it's his birthday, and it's he hates it because it's also Empire Day. <laughs> I always get overshadowed on my birthday. Um, but like he hates the <laughs> Well, oh, actually, you know those guys at Rise of the Podcast, they have the Stormtrooper doll. Oh, not oh, the really? actual one, but they they have one. Like they they bought <laughs> they it somewhere. One. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. But I'm like, because I've never. I kind of forgot about it actually <laughs> until I saw it again. I was like, "Oh yeah, that was in that mm-hmm. movie. That was great." <laughs> Sorry, no, I I like. I did you like the beginning scene of like when that ship lands with? We were this close with Ben Mendelsohn. I like that like, planet. I like that yeah. they're moisture farmers on not a, a desert planet. planet. <laughs> a moisture rich environment <laughs> right. instead of moisture less environment. <laughs> I, I, no, like it's one Why of those we sort of farm here in this <laughs> desert. <laughs> Those movies where I, I love. They're the only moisture farmers on Tatooine. It's like the worst yeah. investment. Everyone thinks they're idiots. You ever think this is a stupid idea? <laughs> it's really cheap. That way. lady at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Ray. Why are you here? Ray Skywalker. Those people are idiots. Yeah, I'm about to... they, they didn't learn anything. <laughs> I'm becoming a farmer. There's a reason why no one took over the farm. <laughs> What's the reason they just left What's your it to full name? Eaten by the Ray desert. the farmer. You know, okay, so let's let's get into Solo before we yeah. go off forever. Um, Solo, uh, directed by 
Phil Lord and Chris Miller uh, 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 directed by Howard Howard the Duck yeah Ron Howard Um, Uh, the director of uh, Doctor Strange 2 left oh yeah if we're gonna talk about directors who've left (laughs) and another one down I I wanna make this video where it's it's that song and every time they say another one down they they show a picture of a director who was cut by the Disney Corporation can't wait for the part of the Flash movie it starts out with Edgar Wright, and then we get into Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and we get into uh, now Scott Derrickson. And um, that recent for which one? Uh, that was for Doctor Strange, because he said that he said at the convention, Scott Derrickson was like, "Oh, we're gonna make Doctor Strange two. It's gonna be scary. The it's gonna be wacky." And and Kevin Feige's like, "It's it it's well, it's gonna be it's a gonna movie." Be and well, you can already I, tell like they were I've, not gonna agree. I watched videos on this after after the fact that he left for creative differences, and uh, Kevin Feige's like, "Well, some of the best like scary memorable things from my childhood was like Spielberg." And, like, Indiana Jones, the face is melting. So there's going to be, like, scary sequences, but it's not going to be a scary movie. It's still going to be, like, a, right. a family-friendly movie. It's not going to be a scary movie. Now they don't know what to do because they said scary movie and everyone loved that idea. And Kevin Feige's like, but we can't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I... Isn't that what they did with New Mutants, kind of? <laughs> also, also at the convention, uh, someone from the audience was like... Rated R. And Kevin Feige was like, "No, no, it's gonna be thir- PG thirteen. You're gonna like it." I feel like I feel like <laughs> PG thirteen, and you're gonna like it. <laughs> I feel like Ryan Johnson is the only of like the director directors who were able to survive Disney's tyranny, and I have a feeling I, I kind of want to know how Ryan Reynolds is gonna do against the team of Disney people. I I think he'll figure it out because I think a lot of people have already mentioned. They just already, they already know he already has a set brand and a set like people know how Ryan Reynolds is and how Deadpool is. I don't think they're going to try to change it, and if they do, Ryan Reynolds isn't going to have it. I, I don't think even his humor of those movies necessarily needs to be an R. Besides cutting out the swear words, you could still do it. You know, let's get into Star Wars before we go too long. He'll probably sorry. reference it and be like, <laughs> what I, well, "I can't swear anymore." What I, so. what I think is going to happen is. He's in his own movies. He's gonna swear. And it's gonna be rated R. In other movies, he's gonna cross over, and they're gonna have like fourth wall beeps and like sensor bars. And Where shit. he's like, "What? Are you serious? Yeah, You're bleeping my bleeps." Walk off the screen. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Anyway, with Solo, I, I'm a huge Phil Lord, Chris Miller fan. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everyone in their movies, I've loved, and I consider them probably the best creative people out there directing at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, my disappointment with them being cut from Solo is huge. To me, that is up there as the number one movie I wish actually existed. You don't, you don't like... You, you wanted the Lego Solo movie? <laughs> is that what you wanted? <laughs> Their take on Star Wars, to me, was very interesting because we finally got a director with a very distinct style taking on... Star Wars. Not story-wise, but just visually. But I feel like they're so visually different, and their humor is so different that it maybe didn't work. And it seems pretty odd. It's kind of like when Edgar Wright did get cut from Ant-Man. It kind of makes sense once you think about it. Because you watch his movies, and then you watch the MCU, you're like, yeah, that probably... I want to see it, but technically it probably wouldn't fit well. Mm-hmm. Unless you're very daring and you test the audiences. I feel the same way with Solo. 
If you watch 21 Jump Street and then you watch a Star Wars movie, not really the same movie. And you Mm -hmm. know that that's the kind of movie they're going to make because they have directed four movies. Every one of them has the same visual style. They're not going to deviate unless, you know, there's a big fight and obviously they left because of it. What what percentage of this movie do you think was them? I like man, I'd have to sit down and watch it because I can point up, I can point to specific scenes, and I feel like I know that's them. The opening scene where they're he runs into like that giant worm monster that's like kind of their handler. That to me is Phil Lord Chris Miller. That whole running like that scene where they're running through the alleys and stuff. Yeah, yeah. that to me is that's a Phil Lord Chris Miller scene. The part where he uh, is walking through the uh, kind of the TSA part of the... I think that whole planet, pretty much. Well, and when he's listening to that, like, joyous Empire music, and it's that propaganda video for Join the Empire, I'm like, that's that's them. But there's other moments where I'm like, okay, this is, this is a new thing. Like, a lot of the stuff where they're on that really cool-looking ship mm-hmm. that is kind of for the, the rich people ship, where they're all hanging out, and uh, when he first meets Kira again... To me, that feels like the reshoots that Ron Howard came and did. I think, from what I've heard, they had to reshoot 60 to 70% of this entire movie. Reshoot it or have new... Sh- Basically, they had 70% of the movie is Ron Howard. The rest is what was left from the Phil mm-hmm. Lord Chris Miller cut. They were so credited, though, right? As executive producers, and that was it. Because I, I think they contractually had to still do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty much, it's... Pretty much a different movie, I think, entirely. And yet, I still really like it. I like it, and yet, I, it's not very memorable. <laughs> There's a lot of things I just don't remember. I can I was, get that. Like, I, I remember the, the first half hour, uh, <clears throat> a lot of the Woody Harrelson stuff I remember, and then, like, the end. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. <laughs> Hunter, what but do you I've think of this one? Like three times. Uh, it's to me like I, I can't remember remember my star rating, but it's like I watched it again and I do remember it during those. Like I had things that stuck in my mind since the the theater, but when I rewatched it for the episode, there were parts I liked in it, and there wasn't anything that like I drastically disliked where I thought this is bad. Like I don't think I thought that. I just felt really like a hard time connecting the characters, which I think is what you said about Rogue One, but like I kind of feel that way about Solo, where it's like not a bad movie, it's just like a movie. I I think that's the reason why it's so Mm -hmm. unmemorable. Donald Glover, loved him. I love the the cool droid. I remember the last part of it. Yeah, you know, I like some of the concepts they introduced that like a parsec isn't time, it's distance, you know? Yeah. That's kind of neat. Um, like, the MacGuffin in this is kind of like Coaxium, which is kind of... Like, it's not horrible. Not a horrible premise. Um, I did like how the but, Chewie and Han met. That was cool. I like that. Yeah, you'd think we'd get more Chewie, though. I thought Chewie yeah, would be a bigger the, part of this. Overall, yeah. I thought we'd get more Chewie. Maybe in the Chris Lord familiar, that's like more of their thing. It would be it, it, a it, lot it more Chewie. Maybe. Um, but the yeah. which also like is very kind of weird. So there's this movie, and then we get Rise of Skywalker. Chewie's costume is wildly different, or the other Wookies in this is wildly different than the Chewbacca costume in mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. 
Huh? Yeah. Mala. Mala has lost a lot of weight since the holiday special, yeah. but I guess this is a prequel. So. Is she in <laughs> this one? The, the other rookie. They didn't well, the see. well, even Chewie himself, like when they're in the mud, like you can see his like leg structure. Whereas Rise of Skywalker, you can see the like the baggy suit hanging off his legs. The legs are the big part where they're like twig thin when they're caked in mud, and then in this, it's like a suit hanging off. Mm-hmm. But that's nitpick. It's not a big deal. Like. And more, I just wish we had more Chewbacca in it. Um, the only part I hated with Chewbacca is him, Han speaking Wookiee to him. Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, this is kind of cringy. Which, once again, that felt like a Phil Lord, Chris Miller thing. It did. Which but work, with though. them, though, I feel like they could have made it work. Could've, I feel probably. like it was meant to be more than what it was yeah. in the movie. Like, not even that they shot that scene, but it mm-hmm. felt like it was very part of the screenplay. Ron mm-hmm. Howard, who, and he is a fantastic filmmaker watch mm-hmm. rush he knows how to make a movie but i feel like he saw that part of the script and was like oh this is pretty funny we gotta mm-hmm. keep this in but didn't really know why it was funny or mm-hmm. how to make it work and that's like, why the that he was doesn't that work so the, the stormtroopers couldn't hear what they're saying right mm-hmm. that's why you, that's the whole reason for I, that? I guess i think it was more meant just for him to relate to chewy before chewy starts beating the hell out of him yeah. So he could be like, no, you know, I, I know you. Rah, rah. And then I guess it's meant to be like, see, and that's why Han Solo can understand him. And I was like, I didn't really need that explained. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of those, like, small plot holes as far as, like, we need an explanation for the small hole in the Death Star. Mm-hmm. I don't need an explanation for Solo understanding Wookiee. Yeah. We have so many characters who understand our two units random characters of all different languages. Yeah. Yeah, C-3PO can understand them all, but he can Well, doesn't doesn't Leia say, you can understand that thing? And doesn't, I think, Finn says it too at one point, you can understand that thing? Mm -hmm. Talking about Chewbacca? Mm -hmm. So I understand that some people just don't understand Wookiee, but some people do. I don't know, yeah. Overall, like, there's a lot of neat, like, I like the beginning scene, really, when they're on uh, whatever that planet is. I really didn't like any of the Crimson Dawn stuff. You know, I thought that was kind of like yeah. bland. You Whoa. know, yeah, are you are you not Crimson Dawn? I really didn't. I thought it was bland, and I I didn't like. Um, I like the, my boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm blanking his name. Uh, <laughs> we make fun vision. of him. All. Yeah, well, I'm wait, like wait, 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 wait. I'm now I'm forgetting. Was who? You're talking about Vision, which he has an actor name, but I, I'm yeah, it too. Um, but he, be something. He's something his, Bell? here. I'll, I'll spark your memory. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey Bettany. Yeah. Paul Bettany. I love Paul Bettany and everything he's in. And he wasn't bad. It's just his whole character was, was like his name not Crimson Dawn in this movie or was that Darth his Maul? name wasn't. Okay. Crimson Dawn is the, Darth Maul. Crimson Dawn is the organization. It's the organization. Yeah. It's okay. the syndicate. So what, what, what the crime was Paul syndicate. Bettany's name? Because that's what I meant. I meant I like I don't that know. character. Yeah, Scar. Yeah, because you know he has such a corduroy good... face. I love I, his, I love, <laughs> I love his. I love him so much that I remember his name. Actually, I like his character a yeah. lot because he's. You like his little knives? I, I do. Okay. I think he. Okay. I think he's. Just, Are they magic? I thought he was a more fun villain because every other Star Wars villain. I mean, it's Palpatine's like kind of cheesy, but like it's always a little more serious, and he was kind of a little more laid back. He was mm-hmm. more handling things, kind of like kind of like Hades and Hercules yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. He was more like that. And I, I wish it was James But I did like that part of it. I really liked 
It's one of Sam those, Rockwell. Uh, <laughs> I remember when I first saw the movie, I was pretty... Oh, Sam Rockwell would have been. As Justin Hammer. As Justin Hammer. They're, okay, you know what? I'm just going to say... <laughs> I was thinking as his character in Jojo Rabbit. Justin Hammer, he is definitely coming back at some point. I so hope he does. From man. certain trailers I've seen, I, I think they're starting to build in, towards something. In and Marvel? Yeah. They're going to bring certain him back. trailers to Black Widow? Well, yeah, but I'm saying... I'm saying because a certain character is in the trailer. Not Justin Hammer, but a different mm-hmm. character. But yeah. somebody has started to piece together where it's all leading to. And okay. they said it definitely involves Justin Hammer at some point. He will definitely come back. I will... St- I mm. pray. There's only one person I can maybe think. I'll talk to you about it later. When can't oh, spoil it for I Google. Think I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And there's a certain... Florence Pugh. And oh. the other actor who is returning... Right. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. Whiplash guy. Um, nope. And okay. He, let's start. Well, well I I just want to quick say I appreciate you guys and for understanding my yeah. trailer purity and trying Even to keep you me pure. The <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I explained it to you. I didn't explain it to Justin. Down. I wanted to get an idea for the tone, right. and I only watched it up until. Uh, Sheriff Hopper was there, and oh, then yeah. I was so, like, "Okay." And so, I knew he was going to be in already. Let's only refer to him. As oh, oh, wait. So you saw the part. So you saw the part where they have Gamora in it, right? Gamora? What? What? Gamora. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, don't. She's, she's, she's Gamora. She's in the Black Widow. <laughs> she's in the Black Widow. She teams program. up. With, huh. She just teams up. With, yeah, she's Interesting. like, uh, screw the Guardians. I'm Green Widow. Yeah. Uh, anyway, with Solo, it was one of those movies that when I first saw it was kind of I was fine with it, but there was mm-hmm. already that big talk. In the Twitter sphere, anyway, that the movie was going to be kind of disappointing. The Twister, yeah, yeah, I'm aware. And seeing the movie, it was kind of what I expected. I was like, yeah, it's it's Han Solo when he's younger, and that's pretty much it. And I don't know if you guys felt like Disney was already getting a little bloated with their Star Wars stuff. I didn't really feel that way because. I didn't feel like anybody was really saying that until after I mean, like, The Last Jedi came out. You mean, like, saturated with too many Yeah. But, but everybody started saying that. They're like, they're making too many Star Wars things. And everyone only started saying that after The Last Jedi came out. And that was because people didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But then that idea started being talked about by everybody. Well, mm-hmm. I heard that idea after Rogue One because they're like, oh, now it's going to be every year there's a new Star Wars. I didn't think that plan was bad. I think honestly, if you would have released Solo around Christmas, like the other Star Wars movies, would have done a little bit better. Not bad. It's just not what people are used to because they're used to every three years there's a new Star Wars, uh, and then there's a big gap. Three, two years. Two years years is like a Skywalker saga. You mean? Yeah, I think, and that's all everyone knew. The stuff that Solo had against it was the fact that it was coming after Last Jedi, which was very soon. It was very, and it was split. Everyone was split about it, and it was very soon because yeah. it was being released in May, not in Christmas, not during Christmas, and the directors had already changed, which people didn't like. Mm-hmm. They didn't like who they cast as Han Solo, and that was <laughs> yeah. not going to be well-received across the board, and I feel like the movie just had so much against mm-hmm. it as far as what the public perception was going to be. So seeing mm-hmm. the movie the first week... I already felt that. It was very weird to go to a movie opening night and not be in a packed theater. That was very... Mm. And it was in the back of my head that it's kind of disappointing right now after going to two other Star Wars movies Mm -hmm. that were so... Or or three of them, actually, that were so packed and everybody was excited and wooing and cheering. And this one was like, 
nobody cared. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel less excited about it. Mm-hmm. But since watching it again, it's actually... I have come to like it even more. I appreciate that it's a smaller story set in a set of films that have all been revolving around big world destruction, universe destruction stories, Mm -hmm. where Solo is much more just about a character and an incident. Yeah, but do you... What's that guy, the actor's name? I forget. It's like, it starts with the A, I think. Alden and Alden and Aaron Wright. Oh, I think Alden Ford, but that's from Mission to Six. <laughs> um, yeah. And he's... The only thing he else he was in was Hail Caesar. That's the one thing I can think yeah. of. I, I like him, and I love his work to, like, model Harrison Ford. I can't get into him as Harrison Ford, really. It's a different guy to me. Like, I... I the work he does, I can see it, and it's like he is doing a good job. But it's Harrison Ford, man. Yeah. Like it's it's not gonna happen, um, which is fine. So whatever. Like I, that that doesn't detract well, from the movie itself. You know, I think it's a good self-contained story. It's more Star Warsy than Rogue One is. Like I like the seriousness of Rogue One, and I like how this is like Star Wars. It's like very similar to like Return of the Jedi almost. It was me. a little more campy. Yeah, it was a little more. Kind of what I thought mm-hmm. an, a single episode of The Mandalorian was like, where yep. it felt like an actual serial. Yeah, and I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. I was pretty, you know, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Um, it's just kind of like at the end of the day, like, if you were to put this up against another Disney movie like Captain Marvel, I liked it a lot more than Captain Marvel. Um, but it's, in compared to like other Star Wars movies, it still isn't like up there. But like, like I said, I love Donald Glover. I think he did tremendous work in trying to. You know, B. Lando right. was awesome. I liked a lot of the set pieces and stuff, and the practical effect work and stuff. Um, but you know, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it. I, I was really bummed on like. I love Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. and I thought they could have got more out of him in this. I thought we could have got not not necessarily more Woody Harrelson, but just different and better scenes um and also there wasn't that much like han solo in it no i think there was like severely lacking in han like it was too much woody harrelson and like too much of like this movie doesn't feel like it's about han it feels like it's about everyone else (laughs) in the crime world and Han is like they're not always the the passenger even when he's like finally taking the seat and like either before the Falcon and he's like taking the seat on like that transport it's like still is like it feels like almost like um Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Inception how he's like this like a side character you know he's he's not he's a supporting role almost in Mm -hmm. Solo and so I think if we would have got more of that it would have felt more of like a Solo movie um and the actors I dig like Woody Harrelson would have been cool to get more out of him. I think it's just weird because it was promoted so much as being the Han Solo prequel and how he came to be mm-hmm. but it wasn't really digging into his character too much. I wasn't disappointed but I can get like where you're coming from yeah. because it is it is kind of weird that it's being promoted as one thing and it's not really that thing yeah. at all. The only thing that's really in it is the Kessel Run which and it's like that's a, that's a scene that I really like mm-hmm. and I also like that they're once again kind of retconning things by everyone has complained since the beginning that Kessel uh, uh, um, a parsec isn't actually a distance 
Well, it's not time; it is distance. But it, people are arguing it's, it's, it's different. A measure, it's a measure of distance, not a measure of time. So yeah. Han Solo was saying for years that he was did it in fourteen parsecs. Didn't make sense because he was kind of saying it like a measure of time. Mm-hmm. Until you saw this movie and realized, no, it actually is a measure of distance. He actually took a shortcut, and that's the point mm-hmm. because he was able to make a shortcut. Because that Kessel, whatever area is, you can't. You have do to the follow shortcut. the one trail, which actually they kind of show in Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. again when he's going to the Sith world. You have to follow a certain path to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which every single ship in the galaxy which, which, whatever we talked yeah. about that he's like doing these crazy maneuvers to get in there and then also did you get the Lando's like we're Follow out me. nailed it yeah. anyway, and you can take like, this other when, other shortcut was like, I was talking about like it takes <laughs> it takes like so long to get to all these like supporting systems of the rebellion or whatever no 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 and like, it only took him like an hour to like Hey, it took him a little longer. Poe was wondering where he was at. It's been pretty long. We've already talked about that. Okay, okay. Solo, it, I, I feel that it's probably hard to make a movie with a budget this large that probably didn't need mm-hmm. to be this big and make it a franchise movie for a franchise that has already had better movies mm-hmm. recently. And it's also going up against Marvel movies, like you made that comparison. But it, it's true. I mean, Disney has been trying to Marvelize it. And the movie is just not as good as those Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I, I sit there and I watch it and I'm still enjoying it. I am enjoying the characters. I'm enjoying the smaller story. And there's a few moments I really like in it. I like the set design of that really fancy ship that um, the villain is on. I, which I should know its name, <laughs> for God's sake. That maybe is a complaint against the movie. I don't know. But... I like that scene where they have to trick them into the taking the hyperspace or the hyperspeed fuel and you know he he already knows that it's not the real thing because he already had it spoiled to him by Woody Harrelson who mm-hmm. double crossed him until they find out he's like no I I would actually believe you if I wasn't already told that this isn't the real stuff I love that scene so much mm-hmm. and that is when um Alden Ehrenreich uh Aaron Reich, I, I can't say his name, but that is when I think he shines in the movie because that whole scene mm-hmm. works really well. He makes it work well, and then they find out that actually is the legit <laughs> fuel. They just use the real fuel to trick you into thinking it's the fake fuel because he expected to be double crossed. And I was like, this feels like a classic western right now, and I'm loving it. I mm-hmm. I, I, I love it, even yep. though it's kind of silly, it's campy. I'm having a good time, but. Going back to the Castle Run, I think that kind of showcases the major problem I have with the movie. Mm-hmm. The cinematography. It is garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's a case of because they had some scenes already shot by a different director and then they had Ron Howard come on. Ron Howard's not that good. Well, well and um, also He's made some good movies, but in terms of like cinematography and like he's not the cinematographer, but how his movies end up cinematically aren't impressive well also it was just a rushed movie because they fired those guys like midway through and then they had to redo it all and they already had a set release date you ever see the Grinch the 2000 Grinch that you directed mm-hmm. same problem with that movie where it's it's like wow this should be really visually pleasing and bright right now but it's not because they decided to almost give this movie a layer of desaturated 
darkness for some reason, Mm -hmm. and I don't really know why. Solo has that exact same problem. The Kessel Run scene is supposed to be impressive. I mean, this is the biggest scene we've been talked about Mm -hmm. in every single movie involving Han Solo. Like, this is the scene. We are finally seeing the Kessel Run. This should be the biggest thing in... Like as far as fandom goes, a big moment. Yeah, music's amazing. I mean, I, I, they're taking a lot of cues from previous movies. That music in that scene's really done well. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of fun though when it's completely black. It's dark. It's like who, who did the color timing of this scene? Who mm-hmm. decided to have all the color desaturated from the movie mm-hmm. and add this? And lower the brightness for some reason. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it looks ugly. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is like a lot of the camera angles seem boring. Like they're just there. Like like where they set up the camera or where they choose to do, you know, different sequences. Like just seems like it, I don't know. I don't want to compare it too much to Rogue One. Rogue One, like for me, like the. I, I bef- like I love the story, but before I watch it for the story, it's like because it's like a very artistically interesting movie cinematically, and then you go to Solo and it's like every there's a couple neat little parts in like that you know them on the pl- on the whatever shipbuilding planet I cannot remember the name of that place, <laughs> um, but uh, really like unless the whole scene is computer generated. <laughs> um, like the the camera angles are just kind of unimpressive. They're not taking me to like this. They're not making me feel like I'm there. And it's weird all. because mm-hmm. for a Star Wars movie up to this point, every movie has had a really mm-hmm. you know well planned out shot. Yeah. You know, one that was actually storyboarded. This movie yep. doesn't feel like it was storyboarded. Yep. And that might go back to the whole switching of directors. I don't mm-hmm. know if Phil Lord and Chris Miller, depending who they worked with, maybe had. Um, ownership of the storyboards and they had to re-storyboard the movie regardless it could have been but i mean still why didn't you push the movie to december then why didn't you just move the release date the only scene that seemed like maybe there's any the final like western scene basically around that like half sand ocean planet you Mm -hmm. know where they're having the standoffs and stuff there was a couple cool wide angles there that seemed almost you know artistic but planned out um, uh, <laughs> yeah dryden voss oh, dryden yeah. voss you know what cool it, name. It, it, i'm glad you finally said it because actually that name is super cool it's a cool name <laughs> it is an awesome they have come up with some great villain names in these movies i think did but. you guys know that count dooku's name is darth tyrannus yeah. that's cool as hell <laughs> right and they never use it yeah <laughs> Did they ever use it in, like, actually say uh, it in one of the movies? I think they said it once in Attack of the Clones. Palpatine said it. Yeah. Yep, there you go. I knew they said that at least one. Um, so, for the for the casual Star Wars fan, um, that Darth Maul shit's pretty confusing, huh? <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> the, I mean... just casual moviegoer, not... Doesn't know A few anything. people ask me, like, is this a pre... Cool. <laughs> that no. does kind of have to mess with people at that point. Like I've heard like he's have, in. Yeah, know. I heard he was still alive, and I guess they went with it. But I mean, also, I mean, yeah, they can be confused. But I feel like moviegoers have gotten something like that before. I mean, mm-hmm. think about when Dead Man 
you know, Dead Man's Chest came out, and at the end of the movie, Barbosa's back, and then they just end the movie, well, they- and then it's just like. How people are probably like, but yeah, how? But at least it was the what movie you, right before right, when he but died. Also, that's instead like, of like, they actually made another movie then when they actually explained how we came yeah. back. And also, granted, that I, movie, I thought it was pretty obvious that she's a voodoo queen. So, well, but I mean, there's the thing—they sprinkled stuff in there. But technically, they also did this with this movie. Like, if right. you know about they, the, well, in, the Clone Wars, right. you know that Darth Maul came back. But my whole point is that I think audiences can be smarter. But in this case, I guess also, Darth Maul, the last movie he was in, was in 1999. This is literally almost 20 years after. I guess it could be a little confusing to people. And it certainly was to... I actually saw it with Rav, and he was like, what? Because he he kind of knew the Clone Wars, but he didn't know that that was an entire arc of Mm -hmm. the series. Just want to say... The best parts of Clone Wars and Rebels are Darth Maul. Darth Maul parts. From what I've heard, they actually his whole story arc throughout both shows are. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's they actually good. gave him something to do rather than the Phantom Be Menace, silent. where he's just boring. <laughs> yeah, he sucks in Phantom Menace, and I thought that the villain has sucked since then. So, and the guy who voices him is uh, the guy who voiced um, what was it, Star Killer or whatever, the guy from Force Awakens. Or- Force Unleashed. Yeah. It's that guy. Huh. Well, I thought it was weird, though, is just that they would still choose to make him CG. Because, you know, that he was he was CG in the movie, for sure. In, in Solo. Oh, yeah. I thought, I heard that they actually movie. got him in there. Yeah, I thought... He's the original, at least the voice is the original guy. Well, uh-huh. it's not Ray Park in the role. It's not? It's not Ray oh, Park. No, and the voice is from the cartoon, yeah, not so that's, from... that's Sam Witwer. Okay. So... Because the voice of the voice in Phantom Menace was not Ray Park. It was Ray Park standing in with a different voice. Then Clone Wars got a different voice, and then that's the same voice that's in Solo. But it's not okay. Ray Park playing Darth Maul's yeah. face because it's CG. They didn't like bring him back in all that makeup. But I kind of mm-hmm. wish they would have. But I guess their whole plan was probably to make a sequel. And I'm guessing yeah. at this point, twenty years later, Ray Park probably can't spin around that same way. Well, instead of a robot legs, he's a robot wheelchair. Um, I was listening to a podcast where I heard that they, when they filmed all those scenes with him, it like the script just said boss, like they didn't add him in until post production where like they're like I guess let's throw Darth Maul in there. Oh, so it wasn't like they were trying to keep it a secret. It was no. like they literally no, like they planned. didn't like. Crimson Dawn was a thing in the cartoon. Yeah, but they didn't know that this in the solo movie it would even be Crimson Darth Maul. They thought it would be like any <laughs> random ass guy that they would just either come up with and they're like, no, well, we got this movie coming out tomorrow. We should put in someone. So they chose Darth Maul. And then they play a little bit well, of Duel of the Fates. Crimson Dawn being a thing in the Clone Wars, though. Is he a part of it? Yeah, he's. He started it. Oh, well, I mean, like, this is, like, I heard from a podcast, so that's all I know, but that they that they went back and forth between who this boss, whether it would be him or not, but Maybe, I don't know. Um, that girl from Game of Thrones, she's not a bad actress, but I didn't like her in this. I didn't. I was like, I hope she dies early. <laughs> well, because, like, it's like, he's a... You have him with a love interest, like with Leia, for three movies, and then another one more recent, and then you're like, you expect him to like, you expect to be like him be attached to this other girl. You're like, no, like he's too good. So I had a hard She's time getting to her. Definitely the weakest uh, female lead. In the uh, I enjoyed her. Yeah, I did. I thought it was kind of neat to have a bit of a more. 
what starts out as the same level as Han Solo, but she kind of becomes more of a powerful woman by the end, and even... Okay. <laughs> but she also double-crosses Han Solo at the end because she decides to take on the power role that Dryden Voss is leaving empty now, rather than going off with Han mm-hmm. to... We don't really know what he's going to go do, so I guess, you know... Yeah, basically. Like, she, she kind of had two decisions. You know, she could go either this way or that way, and she kind of... She's... She's Palpatine's sugar mom. Oh, my God. She's Ray's grandma. <laughs> she, she She's the one that Palpatine gets with. <laughs> that would totally make... Palpatine. Ray and Kylo incestuous. No. Yes. No. How? They're no, Han isn't doing. Oh yeah, anything. you're right. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Makes him a little too. It's close still for weird. <laughs> if you think about the like, if you consider the uh, Sidious making Anakin thing. Then kind of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You think a Darth Lord isn't full of illegal kinks? Oh yeah. Palpatine technically made it. Oh yeah. Palpatine's weird as hell. (laughs) He's he's definitely into illegal stuff. Don't tell me to yuck anyone's yum. But I feel like Solo just kind of the only fault of Solo is that it relies a little bit too much on dialogue of previous movies little bits here and there and mm-hmm. tries to turn it into big story moments that don't necessarily pay, play out as much as it potentially could mm-hmm. like the castle run the whole scene with han getting the millennium falcon from lando and mm-hmm. just like moments like that but it also while watching it makes me question maybe they shouldn't have just done this at all maybe they could have just done a different thing with a prequel and not included these scenes. Yeah, there's some parts where I was just like, I could be watching Will Smith's 1999 Wild Wild West right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was way better. Way better movie. No. I, I, <laughs> yes, it is. I know, it's yeah. a way better movie. <laughs> Screw off. <laughs> I literally said that. Well. I I, 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 and then you're like, what? Well, I, oh, you I, haven't? No. Dude, you're missing out. The movie's so good. The movie kicks so much ass. <laughs> no. I love Solo. I do. I like it. I think it's a good movie. Yeah. But I, I think under all the Star Wars movies are good. But movies. I understand if people probably think I'm crazy for liking it more than Rogue no, One. No, I've heard there's I've heard lists that it's like mm-hmm. number three on their list. I've heard a lot of people don't like Rogue One. It's just the the characters. I I enjoy them more. I mm-hmm. think the story is a little more fun, and maybe that's just what it is. I like more fun in Star Wars, and if you're gonna do a little something a little more serious, well, add some character mm-hmm. in there, and that's what I thought Rogue One failed. At. I just think there's a lot of dull, forgettable things throughout the movie that it just. A lot of it falls flat, but a lot there's a lot of good sequences too. You're not wrong. I mean, we couldn't even think of Dryden Foss's name. Right. So I exactly. mean, like, like and he's he's not the most memorable villain in the series. And I like him a lot, but yeah, if no, I yeah, can't remember bad. his name, that probably is a problem. Right. I mean, I've seen the movie three times, so I, yeah, exactly. I, I still, I mean, I'm looking forward to watching it again. I like a smaller Star Wars movie. I uh, this movie was originally three and a half out of five to me, but then I brought it up to a four, and I think. Um, as far as the series goes, I mean, it was, uh, in order of my favorites, it goes four, five, six, seven, eight, and then Solo, and then nine. So, like, Solo's right above Rise of Skywalker to me. Solo, then nine? Yes. And then... And then 
Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace. Rogue One is that far dense. I I understand the nostalgia, but. I have 4, 5, 6, 7, 3, 8, Rogue One, 9, Solo. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8? 4, 5, 6, 7, 3, 8, Rogue One, 9, Solo. He likes Revenge of the Sith more than Last Jedi. Mm hmm. He has the. It's got nostalgia. Chloe. Uh, it's number eleven on my list. It's your you. Do you not like Solo, or do you still? I, d- I just don't like the, the stories as much as I like the, the other ones. You don't like Solo as much as the original trilogy? Are you kidding me? Okay, I have weird nostalgia <laughs> around the original trilogy, so I, I, while it's not like. I don't know. I was kidding, by the way. No, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> it shouldn't be above the original trilogy by any You know, if, if Solo and Rogue One are at the bottom of your list, but you still have them, like, as high of a star rating as the other Star Wars, I don't think that means that you hate yeah. the movie. <laughs> There's tears, I think, of, like, you know. Right. There's all of the other Star Wars movies and then the holiday special. So... Hmm. Are we going to get any more Star Wars stories? I don't think so. I think they're all going to be Disney Plus shows now. Yeah, The Mandalorian was such a big success that I kind of... And it honestly makes me kind of sad. Because I... There was talk about the Obi-Wan movie, Star Wars story, but then it became Obi-Wan TV show. I would rather just honestly always watch a movie than a TV show. Oh, yeah. But I will give credit that at least Disney Plus does an episode a week. Because then I can actually get into it. And yeah, I mean... Every mm-hmm. streaming service should be taken advantage. I mean, I think I've already said this before, but yeah, yeah no, we, Netflix we t- falls flat with that because okay, Stranger Things drops. It, we talked about it for a day. For a, it, for a we week, literally only talked about it, it on then, the Fourth of July. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. We talked about Baby Yoda for ten weeks straight. So I'm take note, streaming that. services. Mm-hmm. It makes your shows more popular, and personally, it makes yeah. it easier for me. So HBO, does. I can actually keep up this with the show. Looks like How many Baby Yodas did you buy? I'm looking at a. Like it, came, a it came in the pack. I'm looking at a, a water bottle of Danny DeVito. So, oh, is it really? <laughs> well, it looks like it. <laughs> Zach has this water Baby Yoda Vito, or it's Chloe's water bottle. She has one, two, three, four, five <laughs> Baby Yoda stickers six. on there. Did you count them all? I got six. Yeah, I can't. Did I say oh, six? I five. Hunter, do you say where this placed on your list? Um, This comes in at number seven, so still not crazy low. It's just, it's a three and a half star, which is seven out of ten. That's not. It's like where I was at with it's it. Not, yeah, yeah it's, it's just like a middle ranking movie. You know, I have uh, five, six, four, seven, Rogue One, Last Jedi, and then that's like the first tier of like. Decent movies. And then there's like a gap, and then Solo, Revenge of the Sith, and then another gap. <laughs> and then there's... Is that one movie stricken? Um, yeah, well, like, I don't know. I guess Rise of Skywalker could probably be in that group of Solo, Revenge of the Sith, and Rise, because there's like fun parts in all those movies, but flaws. And then Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace. Okay. Well... I just I, I wonder when you guys uh, go and see a Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. is do you just kind of have an expectation when you go see it that it's going to be like a big, kind of resounding, exciting, big deal kind of movie, like an no. event? I mean, the last one that I went into like hyped was Last Jedi, and that's 
like I was like a month late to see it because I was in Germany and like by the time I saw it with a group of dudes I was with and like it finally come and I had made it that long without hearing any spoilers I was like pretty stoked and I thought it delivered at, at that theater you know and I liked Rogue One but like when I went to go see Force Awakens it got spoiled for me and mm-hmm. so I didn't I, I knew what was going to happen and as soon as I started realizing oh this is a new hope like it really it would have been better if it was going in fresh and also like I went to go see it with an ex she was an ex at the time and she just didn't like Star Wars and so like I, I didn't have any camaraderie with it you know <laughs> Yeah, and so it just like was kind of a horrible experience. I sat in the very front on the far right, oh. just like my neck hurt so bad. Like it was just everything that could go wrong went wrong in that viewing, and it it's taken years to to like it more. Mm-hmm. So the last movie I was excited, last Star Wars movie I was excited for was, was Last Jedi, and then I really didn't like uh, Inferno that Ron Howard did, and so I was kind of like. I don't think this movie is going to be that great. Yeah. And the premise didn't seem entertaining anyway. And so, and then after I saw it, you know, it was like a full year and a half before Rise of Skywalker. And now that there's TV shows where it's like, I liked parts of Mandalorian, but I also was like, man, this drags on for so long. It's like (laughs) really long. And like, I don't want to watch more TV shows like this because I, I would rather... I'd just rather put time into watching movies than to, to, to have to watch all these TV shows. I would say Mandalorian, know? it would be a way different experience if I was binging it. Yeah. I wouldn't probably have stayed with it so much because mm-hmm. the fact that they did week by week not only helped it you know, for the publicity of it all, but it also helped with the fact that each story mm-hmm. was so separate from one another that it didn't even really feel like a TV show. Yeah, Which... I guess it's not a knock, but I get what you're saying. Like, I probably... I might watch an Obi-Wan thing if it's more in-depth than this was, than Mandalorian. I would hope it would be. If it's not, then <laughs> I probably will just wait till you guys watch it and then tell me if I should watch it or not. And same thing with Cassian. I love that character, See, but I, it's not worth it carrying on every week for me. I don't me. know if I can, like, recommend stuff to you because I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to like it no matter what, so... Well, that's the well, thing. Well, is like It's just total garbage, but, like... <laughs> I mean, even awesome if it's garbage, me. you're gonna like. You're gonna well, like. I like the aesthetic of it for like two episodes, and then I'm like, nothing has happened in two episodes. <laughs> and I, I just enjoyed the adventure. I just think it's weird though. Like at this point, that the whole second episode was so lame. The second episode, everybody has been kind of saying that they're just sick of Star Wars movies, and we've we're technically only like five in. But it's weird that there's a comparison to Marvel, and they mm-hmm. even tried to, in a way, make these like the Marvel movies. But I, I don't know. It's like audiences aren't as sick of Marvel, but they, they, the it's same like people will complain. You're but. building a universe that we're living in, though, with Marvel, where like it's modern day. Yeah, but I mean, but they well, could do with they, Marvel what they're doing with Star Wars. Star Wars, Wars you're well, comparing they, it they to could, three the, decades old yeah, masterpieces. The thing is, you they know? already had this kind of set sequence of events happening it's like a line of this is this is the history while marvel is like all over the place this is these are all connected mm-hmm. yeah but star wars could do that that's what i mean like it could it's just harder because the groundwork is so old well and also i don't know if disney wants to necessarily take a chance as much just because they, they don't know if the fans will be as strong at, there's more at risk with star wars than it is but i think they should still do it like just 
mm-hmm. be a little more risky and have different stories well, and not necessarily connect everything to the iconography when, of well, the originals. Well, when they finally announced the um, Kevin Feige produced Taika Waititi directed Star Wars movie, because that's going to happen. <laughs> well, we don't know that yet. Ta- there are. He is producing a Star Wars movie, and Taika Waititi is Excuse in talks me. of it's like about all, a kid. Of, all of that. Is it's fun. about a kid, and Taika Waititi is Emperor Palpatine's imagi- <laughs> like the imagination of a little kid. Everything that has none of Harboring a Jedi, sense. like, in his house. No, like. but it's going to happen. It probably will, but... <laughs> not saying it's going to be the same It's going to be called Solo Rabbit. It's going to be Taika Waititi, he's another director, I feel like, who would get... You know, he would just Solo leave the project time. halfway through, because they wouldn't well, want to go with his vision. So... I don't know. I just... I, I've, I've enjoyed what they've done with the Star Wars movies. I'm not sick of them, and I am looking forward to them doing different things, like the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I, yes, that I, is I, the I, only I'm, thing I'm excited for. I go, I go into these only movies in, in my head knowing it's never going to be as good as the originals, so don't even put it put the bar that high. And, and anything better than... Attack of the Clones. I'll enjoy it. <laughs> I just like with a TV show though. Like the, I, I want something with depth in it. You know, like like I said, the, the nostalgia factor lasted for like two episodes with Mandalorian. But if I'm gonna watch like a TV show, I want to watch something that's like Mr. Robot. You know, or I want to watch something that's like like right now I'm watching through uh, Taboo. That it's the Hulu um, Tom Hardy. It's just incredible. You know, but it's because it's like just got really cool layers you know and like if star wars did something like that maybe you know but like i said it's the aesthetic of star wars is cool but i've seen it you know and it's not i don't want something different from the aesthetic i just want the aesthetic plus depth and i'm just getting aesthetic well there's just millions of other planets so i think there's more to dive into but they're just Mm -hmm. so far they've been kind of holding back because they still want to please old school fans which i think they they believe are the ones keeping the franchise alive. When I'm like, you could create a whole new fan base right now. I mean, obviously, the people who are loving the Marvel movies are people who like comic books, but a lot of it is children right now. A lot of it are kids who are loving it, and that's why the movies are making a substantial amount more money than the Star Wars movies. Um, But overall, yeah, the Star Wars spinoffs are... Um, you know, not as great as the other movies, but they're mm-hmm. fine. And you know, there's never been a. I guess we've all agreed there's never been a bad Star Wars movie in theaters. In theaters, guys. In theaters. In, in theaters. Theaters. A two-hour feature in theaters. Well, we haven't watched those. The animated droids ones. Well, I haven't seen those. I mean, but I don't know, think about it. Has there ever been, like, a Star Wars movie you've hated? Like, you actually think is bad? I'm talking about, like, so bad. Like, I'm talking about, like, half a star bad. I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah? I've definitely what, what had it? Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace I have star before. Before, I was like, no, nah, really? there's things that brought them up to, like, two. But. What's worse? Rise of Skywalker. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> My big argument for... Uh, Rise of Skywalker and the sequel trilogy and the prequels and the originals and everyone arguing about them, which we haven't done a lot of arguing, but mm-hmm. but the, the but the fan base has done a lot of arguing about the worst Star Wars movie. But I'm like, bro, they they got the worst Star Wars movie done. You know, they got it out of the way early, 1978 early. <laughs> um, Just get to it. No, we're gonna keep building this up. The worst 
thing to ever happen. Not in just Star Wars, probably to happen. Okay, now, I, now I want you to stretch it out as long as possible. The worst thing. I'm talking, this ain't as bad as Ewoks. This ain't as bad as Porgs. This ain't as bad as Attack of the Clones or Phantom Menace or The Last Jedi or whatever else you hate. Laura Dern. Yeah, it's Laura. No. Oops, Even okay. worse Love than Laura Dern's hair. purple hair. Purple hair. Even worse than Woody Harrelson's strange haircut. No, this is... CG Job of the Hut. CG baby Job of the Hut. No. Here we go. Star Wars, the Star Wars holiday special. Bombastic. What is your star rating for the Star Wars holiday special? Half star. Half a star. star. I don't think it gets a <laughs> half star. <laughs> is it possible just to have like lower than zero? Just, can just, I give it a? You can just say you see. <laughs> negative. Yeah. This is okay. Holiday. You you all had heard about it in the past before we watched it, right? I maybe it did, but it wasn't until like hanging out with I think Zach back in the day this when like I actually knew it was a thing that existed. This is probably like the third time I've seen it. Oh, you have seen okay because I I've seen it before too. I didn't know if I was. I'm I'm glad. So we we're, we're very well versed in the holiday special. This is not one of those so bad it's good movies. No, no it's so bad. This is so bad it's just bad. This is not. Were we? I mean, we you were enjoying it, I guess. Yeah, but can, but, but it's a movie you can't we also not. That's and true. I had gotten engaged <laughs> yeah. an hour before. That's true. That's true. This, this is a movie that you can't you can't sit and watch it. You have to talk and make fun of it with your friends, or else it you can't enjoy it. I had it's me. I wish I would have had more to drink and more sleep. I had because <laughs> I, I was so hard to stay and in the during the the fifth one I was drinking, I at one point I just I put it down and I just yelled, "What's going on?" <laughs> I just like yelled at the screen because I was just so annoyed. Because I don't even know, what was ha- that was the scene where like uh, Harvey Corman was just like a robot <laughs> doing the mini transmitter scene and he was like the instructional video for it and I was just like, "It's so long." <laughs> it literally feels it's like. So long. I think they got a group of writers together and they said they were they just were like this is so stupid it's for and Star Wars was one movie at this point so I'm sure they all thought it was kind of a fluke accident for how popular it was or like but nobody cares so just try to write something I don't know and then the ideas kept getting worse and worse and they're like nah try making it try something even worse yeah I see I don't even think writers got together to do this I think they were just like <laughs> You know, hey, you bathroom guy, can yeah, you come and just the, hey, you, you like the interns into yeah, the Starbucks guy from across the street who's like, I'm gonna mess this up on purpose. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, a scene where like Chewbacca's grandpa's looking at porn, maybe I don't know. A, a bunch of uh, it's like Star Trek fans, <laughs> yeah, trying to sabotage. I know, it. I know how to ruin it. <laughs> no, it's like, and even with that scene, like you just said, with uh, Chewbacca's grandpa, um, itchy. Scene? Yeah. Watching porn, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, that's just a really obscure kind of." To that. Well, but everyone would hear that joke, and they'd be like, "Oh, that's just a really obnoxious joke." Like, that's not actually what happens in the scene. It's like, no, that's actually what happens. That's yeah. The literal setup to it. You're gonna enjoy this. It's a. Uh, it's kind of like a. It's kind of like a. Wow. <laughs> and they cut back to Itchy's face, and he's just enjoying the hell out of it as she's going, oh. Oh, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know what's amazing is everybody 
the first thing people usually talk about with this special is the Wookiees and the fact that they go growling for about ten minutes and nobody can understand the thing and they don't have subtitles. But that just tells me that people obviously saw this in 1978, saw the Wookiees, realized there were no subtitles and they just gave up because they're like, screw this. Because I'm like, nobody has watched it past that and I promise you, it only gets worse. Because then that's when we get uh, that's when we get Grandpa Wookie porn. Mm-hmm. We get um, Cirque du Soleil <laughs> on Lumpy's Lump computer screen. We get Lumpy walking on a railing looking like he's about he's to... <laughs> <laughs> you can do it! <laughs> I hate this place! <laughs> I hate you! Shows, shows how uh, bad of parents the Wookiees are. He's like... <laughs> Go plans I do what I have to do, but I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> don't try it. Oh. <laughs> I have the high ground. It's, it's one of those scenes that like feels so... Um, I kind of question what the whole setup to that scene was. Stereo. Oh, oh, oh my god, and that's the thing. Like Every single thing you could point out about this special gets worse and worse. Like the stir, whip, stir. And that's just the first highlight of the comedy that's going to be in the movie. Um, couple uh, music numbers. Stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir. stir. <laughs> and then, I mean, um, Jefferson Starship is in this. That's probably yeah. the only part of the movie where I'm like, this is fine. Remotely interesting, yeah. It's like a, it's like a music video from the '70s. This is fine. This isn't Star Wars at all. <laughs> Wish it was like Jefferson Starship, like playing the Cantina theme. Well, why couldn't they have been more alien-like? No, they're just they just are Jefferson Starship for pretty much no reason. On um, Galaxy Tour, all the way from Earth. <laughs> and then uh, we got the scene with you know we got the animated portion because it's it's supposed to be a variety show in a way. Like for some reason they were trying to make this special more like SNL rather than like I don't know, just make it kind of a silly. I mean, because you could have made it silly. I'm not asking for you to make an actual Star Wars movie, but make it actually like Star Wars. Why is it a variety show? What? Even if they made <laughs> okay. it a variety show, okay. the variety was, oh, hey, Luke is working on a thing. Oh, <laughs> hey, Lumpy, where's your dad? Goodbye. Okay, right. right. Well, if he hasn't made it there by now. Listen up. <laughs> Disney, I know you're listening. I know you're trying to figure out this whole Deadpool thing, I understand, but whoever... However you think you're going to do Deadpool, table that idea. I want you to picture with me now. You're going to remake the Star Wars Holiday Special, but now I want you to think of that 70s show. We're going to do the Wookiee House, but we're going to have basically the Foreman's Basement with the original cast, all CG'd, getting high. And some spice. Yeah, and the exact same scenes coming through, but you're gonna have the original cast reacting to this thing in the Foreman House of that 70s show. So it's just gonna be reactions the whole time. Yes, you can keep all the 70s stuff in there. That's clearly derivative of the 70s. At one point, they actually get like that 70s show cast, and they just come in and like do the same thing. Isn't that Mm -hmm. funny that that 70s show never did make a joke about that, like about the holiday special? Given that Eric was such a big fan, I feel like he had to. I watch that so series star- pretty religiously. I, I don't remember that. There's just so many Star Wars nods in that show. But it's funny that he never once mentioned that, like, hey, that kind of sucked. Yeah. 
You know, and it's weird that a lot of TV shows have never really brought it up as a quick joke. Maybe because it's too obvious, but in a way, the holiday special, besides the internet, still kind of feels underground. Mm-hmm. I remember reading about it the first time I found out about it was like through the internet, and I, I for a while didn't even think there was like an accessible way to watch it. It wasn't until after like YouTube started getting bigger and mm-hmm. it was so easy to find a copy. I was like, oh, okay, so lots of people have watched this. Yeah. Um, but it's still kind of, even to this day, it feels a little underground because so many people talk about it, but nobody's actually taken the time to watch it. Yeah. And uh, um, it's not something that I recommend really at all because... Yep. If you guys weren't there, I wouldn't have sat through it. And, and it's not something that's... It's not enjoyable. It's not <clears throat> like there's a factor to it that's like, wow, this was just like a complete failure on every level. I'm like, it is, but it's not an enjoyable failure. It's like a... I, I actually I, I there's one part of the movie I like it's it's the B Arthur sequence I like when she's running the cantina and because I was like you know what I was like why couldn't this have just been the special about her being at the cantina have none of the other Star Wars characters just have her running a cantina and make like a Cheers episode and there you go that it could have just been that but um, nope they gotta have that variety in there gotta have Boba Fett introducing the cartoon well that's not even the bad. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's the most interesting, if anything. In hindsight. In hindsight. Like, no. At the time, I, I kind of wonder, like, were people just more confused than anything? Well, when you guys were saying Boba Fett's in this, I thought Boba Fett would be in it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, you guys. <laughs> why didn't you tell me? Ben, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> um, yeah, I... And it's like, I, I, I'm kind of forgetting even other stuff that's in it, because every time I watch it, I do just suddenly remember, oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. in this too. And the mini transmitter scene is probably the point where I, I'm like, anybody who stuck with it up until this point had to be broken by this point. Because yeah. it is so ungodly unfunny mm-hmm. and boring. Well, it's painful to see like Harrison Ford trying to act his heart out half-heartedly <laughs> like, and then like Luke when he's like fixing that thing with R2 and like whoever did his makeup yeah it was like just <laughs> let's make him look like Donald Trump in 40 years <laughs> this pure orange like ugh and Carrie Fisher is just singing in the movie. Yeah, she's I, into it. She's I, like, yeah. I, don't know. I heard that like she was only going to say yes to the project if she was allowed to sing. This is a weird request like if I'm in it See, I feel like she just has a sense of humor about it. She's like, you know what? Watch this. I'll just, I'll make it even dumber. But they, I heard when she did the commentaries for the DVDs, she uh, said she would do it, but George had to give her a copy of the holiday special, and apparently he actually did. Because Carrie Fisher has said that she has a copy of the special. And I'm guessing it's a higher quality version than what everybody else has. So... There you go, guys. Carrie Fisher, well, now deceased, has mm-hmm. probably the best quality version of the movie out there. Maybe her daughter has it. She should release it to the world. <laughs> Harrison well, Ford has it. There's not much to say about this other than it's bad. Yeah. Just to point out everything that's bad about it and just do a play-by-play. But it's so long. Yeah, it. that's like what doesn't even... Like, the pacing of it being bad... Like, it, it was fun to watch it with you guys, but it could have been more fun if it was shorter cut. Yeah. Like, 
and like if I was to sit down and watch the room with you guys, it's good because it's absurd, but at least different every you know couple you know thirty seconds. It's it's a different absurd scene where this is like the same absurd thing for five minutes, which is long, right. you know. And it's like with the room and mm-hmm. other movies. There's like incompetence on a cinematography level, on the story level, mm-hmm. on a a lot more porn. Level. But with these movies, it, it, with with the holiday special, there wasn't. There's nothing wrong with the acting, and there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with how it's being shot, and there's nothing wrong with even what's being presented to your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that it's just incorrect. There is a huge level to it being incorrect, and what they're trying to do with it is so completely backwards and. Every audience member knows that it's just wrong. This is not mm-hmm. how you would do anything Star Wars. Even after just one movie. We all know this is not Star Wars. Yeah. That's not what they're doing right now. It, It's like, why is it a variety show? Why are we only focused on just the Wookiees with no subtitles? Mm-hmm. Why are we just doing random cutaways to very unfunny sequences? That's the thing. And it just, it, it, there was no humor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, was it that hard? Like, it was like, you wanted to go all out and make a variety show in the vein of other variety shows at the time, but you also didn't want to have that same humor because it's Star Wars, so I guess we got to take it more seriously, but why? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's amazing, actually, that the franchise was able to survive after this, because mm-hmm. I feel like after this movie, well, TV special came out, and I'm guessing lots of people tuned in to at least give the first couple minutes a watch. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that a lot of people weren't already just sick of it at that point and didn't want to come out for Empire or Return of the Jedi or the other ones. Um, I guess the power of word of mouth, but my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my God. Yeah. I mean, this is the worst Star Wars thing. Never. Thing Ever. is a good word for it, yeah. It's just... It's just it's, product. I would say if you're a Star Wars fan, I think you're obligated to watch it only because I'm sick of having conversations with people mm-hmm. declaring one thing or another as the worst Star Wars movie. I'm like, bro, mm-hmm. we already got to that point years ago. It's right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can't get worse than this. Yeah, It's a good thing to see it at its worst and know that it will never happen again. <laughs> And it's funny because I, I, uh, of the people I follow um, on Letterboxd, five people have given a star rating to Holiday Special. Every single one of them is half a star. Nobody else... I can't... There's not mm-hmm. even enough... I wish I could give it a no rating. Mm-hmm. You can. I mean, I guess I can, but I... Just say so you saw it. Yeah, I saw it, and that's it. I don't want to give it a rating, but... I do that with short films. You know that I watch. Like I don't give short films ratings usually. Right. I just say I watch them, and then if I liked them, I like it. But that's I don't give it a full rating. But it just doesn't. It's just a failure. And I would, so I would love to know who is directly responsible, and not to yell at them, but just to kind of be like find well, their offspring. And well, just yeah. I yeah. to know where they live. Was there a director? Well, yeah. I mean, there's people who Steve Binder. Who has done... Sounds like someone who would do something. A lot of other stuff. A lot of Elvis stuff. Well, I'm guessing they were just typical TV directors who did other TV projects. I'm not saying that they're big Hollywood directors, but I would like to know 
who was giving you the notes and what notes were you following and why did it turn out the way it did? Because I wouldn't watch the first Star Wars movie and immediately think to do a holiday special at all to begin with, but even if I was given the task of doing a holiday special, it would not be done like this. Yeah. So it... <laughs> it's just... I'm glad we all watched it. Yeah. I'm glad you all took it, gave a chance to it. <laughs> is there any like closing words about Star Wars in general? Because this is the end of our episode. It's all Ryan Johnson brings. Yeah, we've already said that we're we're excited for the other movies and the TV shows, but we kind of. I feel like most of us know that it's going to be done for a while again. Yeah. I would like it to kind of quit for another ten years, mm-hmm. and then to co- have it come back just so I could feel that excitement again. Yeah. But I feel like at this point, it's not. It probably won't ever be the same as it was opening night Force Awakens. I mean, that was my big... That was my big nostalgia moment. Mm -hmm. Star Wars has a lot of nostalgia, but I'm also very open to having new ideas and leaving the franchise um, what we're familiar with. But... Overall, I mean, I still really like the movies. I don't... I haven't grown out of them Mm -hmm. like other people have, and... You know, when they grow up, I still consider these to be classic cinema and yeah. very important. Yeah. Last movie on Earth. Yeah. We didn't do this last episode, so if you want to yeah. explain the rules for those who may not know that this game exists. Um, we like to play a game called Last Movie on Earth. It's a game where we try to guess the last movie that we each saw, and if you guess it right, you get points. If you don't guess it right, you get nothing. Um, and basically if no one guesses the movie that you saw, you get points and all these points, um, get added on to a score, which I guess is our final, our final tally for well, the we were year, right? end it at the end of 2018, but we didn't get this done in 20 or 2019. Technically, yeah, 2018 almost. We so, did. We talked no, about no, it in 2019. 2019. So 20, th- we were going to start over yeah. for 2020, but this is technically the end of 2019. Yep. Um, Hunter is at 76. Justin's at 68 Chloe's at 51 Zach's at 53 So mm-hmm. This is it This is it I, there, I don't know if there's any way for any of us to beat you But we sure can try Are we doing the all or nothing or six rule? All or nothing <laughs> All or nothing or six, all or nothing or six. <laughs> The all or nothing only applies to me if, if Hunter gets a point it's one But if other people no, he win gets six <laughs> he, six he takes points. six of our points but we get all of his I know you maybe Justin will guess mine but I doubt you guys will know mine well that's why it's all six (laughs) it's all six (laughs) bring it on you want me to go first yeah let's do it okay a rabid tell me the movie yep (laughs) (laughs) a rabid film fan stalks his favorite action hero oh really do you guys watch it no. I just know about it. We were just talking about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. I get all your I points. Said oh, my God. Yeah. We get all your points. You actually watched it? I heard it was yeah. really bad. Was it really bad? Uh, I want to see it because it so sounds bad. I loved it. Really? But not because it's a good movie. Isn't it directed by the guy who, like, Fred Durst from Limp Bizkit. Oh, Limp Bizkit. <laughs> there, there's, there's a part where the guy's like, "Yeah, I love some Limp Bizkit." Like, yeah, the there movie, is a right? full scene. Okay, so John Travolta is the main actor. Yeah. Okay, he plays a guy on um, I don't know the politically correct term. I would say the Asperger's spectrum, spectrum. Um, and he is in love with like this 
I guess modern day action hero who I'd put on the level with like maybe like Mark Wahlberg you know but if Mark Wahlberg was a total douchebag and just a sociopath almost um and just this you know this guy on the spectrum who lives in LA and just has horrible social skills and is understood and bullied by everyone and he stalks this guy basically you know and like John Travolta was knowing it's John Travolta like it was fantastic I really highly recommend it because it's very entertaining some guy commented on my rating for 1917 and basically like called me out and said 1917 sucked and I'm like, okay, well, who's this guy? So I went and looked at his thing, and he's, like, totally pretentious. And his, like, number one movie of, like, 2019 was this. And his review of it was, is The Fanatic the most misunderstood movie of 2019? <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I gotta watch it. Well, he doesn't give up. You know, this guy's... Anyway, I watched it, and I was enthralled, the whole movie. But it was not a good movie. It was just, like, interesting, because it's, like weird and John Travolta killed it like in a good way but the whole movie is flat you know I feel like John Travolta's credit dropped down to like where Nick Cage is right now where they're like bad but can be good they have potential like they both have potential but they've Mm -hmm. taken all these bad roles that just like cross dressing and hairspray was a mistake I don't know, I kind of dig it. <laughs> I'll go on. Last Here movie go. on Earth. Two teenage couples traveling across the backwoods of Texas searching for urban legends of serial killers end up as prisoners of a bizarre and sadistic back backwater family of serial killers. Uh, what, what state? Texas. What year? 2003. Oh. Uh, Texas. Wait, isn't that lead actor first? Yeah, lead actor. Sid Haig. It. House of a Thousand Corpses? Yeah. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. But you were right, because there was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre there in 2003. The, yeah. the remake. Yeah. Okay. okay. And this wasn't ripping off of it at all? No, this is House oh, of a Thousand yeah, Corpses. No. I haven't seen it. It's Rob Zombie. Oh, okay. It sounds like, like Rob Zombie. It's a weird movie. trilogy where then the next one was Devil's Rejects. And, and then. Oh, this is part of it? Casting. So there's the there's Paul the Bettany. Main, <laughs> the, the, two, the two main ma- male teenagers in this movie is Rain Wilson, Dwight from The Office, and, and John Chris, Chris, Chris and Chris Hardwick. What? Mm-hmm. Rain Wilson's in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Glasses or no glasses? glasses. Real? Oh, geez, that would. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see him like getting like attacked by oh, it's these so good. so yeah. these murders. Rain Wilson was in a Rob Zombie yeah. movie. Yeah. They're trying to like be like wow. we're gonna we're it's gonna fantastic. okay we're gonna cook oh, your we're gonna cook your liver and we're gonna eat you over a stove and he'll be like false I will knock <laughs> you both out. <laughs> oh man, yeah. it's a really good. Movie. It, I just watched all three pretty much. Mm-hmm. We still have to finish one. the third one. But the first one is definitely my favorite. Hmm. I'm trying to remember if I own Devil. Yeah, I do. Okay, I own Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses, but I've never gotten to them. But I do own them. They're good. They're good. Yeah. You know me. Own movies. Don't watch them. <laughs> Secure within a desolate home, as an unnatural threat terrorizes the world, a man has established a tenuous domestic order with his wife and son. But this will soon be put to it. Put to the test when a desperate young family arrives seeking refuge. 
It comes at night? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it good? No. Oh, really? I heard it was really I good. Was I like was one so, of the... so disappointed by the Oh, okay. Ending. I heard it was, like, critically like, acclaimed. Yeah, it's because critics are stupid. Whoa! But Joel Edgerton? You into him? Okay. Or... The... 90% of the movie was decent. Okay. It's literally the last five minutes that ruined the entire movie for me. Okay. Because it was just such a letdown. Yeah, of an I ending. can vouch for that. I okay. came home, she was in the middle of it. She's like, this movie's really good. It's so good and until the last five minutes. By the minutes. end, I just heard the okay. drones from the other It room. makes you, you're making it seem like a Shyamalan effect. Like. No. Yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> they tried to do a really impactful ending, and it just they built up too many other parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just I'll have to watch it. It's on it's on my list. Yeah, I feel like I saw it came out on Netflix or something, so yeah, I'm gonna watch Netflix. it. But it seems to be like the failure of even the most well received horror movies is that just the ending can never pull it yeah. off. Well. Mm-hmm. See, and I'm used to that because I watch crappy horror movies 24-7. <laughs> yeah. But this one was, like, different because the whole rest of the movie was so good. There was, like, the I ha- <laughs> I was um, keeping track of all the horror movies I watched this month in case we did a Chloe's Creepy Corner thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, like, notes written out for it as I was watching it because I wanted to, like, keep track of it. And, like, mm-hmm. I noted that there was really nice, like, shots. There was a lot of good panning shots. There was good setups, a good color palette through mm-hmm. the whole movie. All of it was good until the end. It was just, ugh. Mm. And you might like it because it's a little bit more dramatic than horror. Yeah. But I just wasn't my cup of tea. I gave it two stars. I like Joel Edgerton. He's so I really want to watch it. An assassin is shot by her ruthless employer and other members of their assassination circle. But she lives to plot her vengeance. Is that your uh, question? Is that your... Is that your... your yes. No. Nah. That is a question. That's your answer. <laughs> Say it again. An assassin is shot by her ruthless employer and other members of their assassination circle, but she lives to plot her vengeance. So she survives Wait. being shot, and then she oh. lives to plot Wait. her This vengeance. is Kill Bill. Oh, gosh dang it. They're not one movie, and I'll I know it's, it's gotta be Kill Bill Volume One. There you go. Okay, I almost said. Uh, I can't it. Is that your um, favorite movie? Not of all time, but it's up there. It's up. It's like well, okay, I didn't put them on my top ten because I couldn't pick between the two of them. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, for the Tarantino episode, I didn't rewatch this um, or Volume Two, I and either. I actually haven't seen it since high school, mm-hmm. and. So it, they're doing like a they did a re-release at Duluth Cinema of it. Mm-hmm. So what? it's gonna be there tomorrow too. So if Are you, you kidding me? yeah, I work all day. Get it off. I'm gonna quit. Uh, <laughs> but Peter has been calling me to go to these because uh, this is his, his all-time thing, yeah. favorite movie. So we went to it, and uh, I had forgotten just actually how good the movie was. I knew it was good, but like re-watching it, I was like, God, it's just it's so crazy how he kind of just lets loose with the entire movie. And I really wish that more writers and directors and studios mm-hmm. would get loose with their productions like how this movie does. Because it kind of has a... It's paying tribute to so many genres, but it also says such a... 
gives no shit attitude about it. Where it's like, yeah, this part of it's kind of weird. This part goes a little bit crazy. This part kind of goes down a thread that's sort of pointless to the movie. But it's all very entertaining still and all very good. And I was like, this is straight up to me a five-star movie. Like, I am... Mm -hmm having so much fun and I, I miss this movie and they're doing volume 2 next week so um, I haven't I haven't seen it <laughs> wait wait what they're doing volume they did volume 1 first and then they're doing volume 2 next week oh yeah, yeah. I haven't okay. seen volume 2 since high school either but I always remember it being like the lessers of the mm-hmm. films so I kind of wondered I, I'm wondering how I'm going to feel after watching that one though I love that one too I, it's really close in it well, yeah, but 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 I haven't yeah I haven't seen them since high school, mm-hmm. and I watched them back to back, and I think I was so in because you got that final scene in Kill Bill that's so like enthralling that it's kind of hard to then move on to Kill Bill Volume Two, which is a lot of dialogue at the beginning. I um I'm excited to it's fun to watch them on the big mm-hmm. screen, especially this movie. We Pulp Fiction was the week before, and that that was not a movie that I felt was. Tarantino will kill me, but it didn't feel like it was worth seeing on the big screen. Like, I wasn't having such a fun time where I was like, oh, I needed to see this on the big screen. Like, after seeing it, I was like, I I feel like I could have gone my life without leaving the living room for that movie. Mm -hmm. But Kill Bill, I was like, this is meant to be on the big screen. Like, this is... And it uh, it makes me disappointed that they're not going to do Django Unchained or Inglorious Bastards, Mm -hmm. because I would love to see those. Inglorious Bastards on the big screen would be such a fun Django, I think, would be mine. I am so Mm -hmm. mad I never saw Django on the big screen. I would see any Tarantino film on the big screen. Yeah, and I would too, but even Death Proof, I would go to see it. Oh yeah, extreme. I mean, like, I would see that whole double so feature. So good, yeah. Again. I guess this would be cycle one of the points, and then mm-hmm. we're moving on to a whole new cycle. But here's the ultimate winners: Chloe has fifty-two. Woo! With that's fourth place, but still good. How did you pass me, you whore? Whoa! We'll Ooh. get to that later. Zach Ooh. is at fifty-four points, and in first place. <laughs> Hunter with seventy eight points, but I but I I believe the real winner of tonight though is uh, second place Justin with sixty nine points. Oh, it's true. It's the sex number. <laughs> I will give you a cake or something. A cake or something. <laughs> the prize cake for a year and a half of gaining points. Um, well, that is that's it for Star yeah, Wars. So. Sorry, twenty nineteen ran late, but. I hope you guys had a good new year. What can our fans expect next? Are we doing best of 2019 next week? Oh, dude, so we got a couple plans for 2020. Uh, We got the best of 2019. We're Mm -hmm. gonna be eventually digging in the Terminator, I believe. I think we. I don't think so. Have time. We we will eventually. Maybe like like in a year. Not. It might. It won't be. It it, won't be soon. But I think we could do it in 2020. I still would love to do View Askew Universe, but we'd have to watch the new Jay and Silent Bob. Oh yeah, yeah. We gotta watch. Oh yeah. yeah um, what's that one called? Um, I forgot. It's one word. But I remember you showing me the, yeah. the DVD, and yeah, I was like, I know that movie. And then we got uh, we gotta do best of eighties, nineties, aughts, and tens. We should do that. Yeah, and then uh, we'll end with two thousand tens. Chloe's horror corner. We still yes. we're gonna plan that. We're I think we should that. do like every other one. We do the decade one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm. And remember. And remember. <laughs> Always, Always beware of the cinema swamp. <laughs> Always what beware of the cinema swamp. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. So what do you think of Rogue One and Solo? Do you think they deserve the reception they received at the time? 
Do you think the movies have aged well? Or is it still just too soon to tell? And what are your thoughts on the Star Wars Holiday Special? Have you ever given it a watch? And did we persuade you to at all? Comment on this episode, like our pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cinema Swamp. And remember, always beware of the Cinema Swamp. Cinema Swamp.